Starting to the party, he built. I'm Daniel. We fill our pop culture holes with things we have not seen. Neither of us have seen this week's piece of media we missed the first time around. It's 1980 whatever's Excalibur, or for the dyslexics out there, Exlacuber, or <laughs> Zakabulaber, <laughs> or Rubelix. Zakabulaber. Yes. While I was taking notes, I kept on ex- I kept on misspelling Excalibur and Guinevere and all these ways where I th- I felt like I was going crazy uh, mm-hmm. for some reason because Excalibur is a little weird. Uh, Guinevere is understandable because how the hell do you spell Guinevere? Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, we we're talking about this is the John Borman 1981 classic film. Uh, John Borman, have you ever seen? Oh God, what's the movie Zardoz, Daniel? Yeah, I've seen Zardoz. It's Zardoz a is a piece of shit. And people only... talk about how amazing that is, but it's fucking boring I, as hell. You know, like, you know, it's it's. I mean, there's funny parts just because the movie's made by a crazy person, but it's mm-hmm. also boring as shit. I don't know it's so what. So boring. I mean, the reason I chose this Excalibur was I was delirious from flu and happened across Excalibur <laughs> while flipping through the channels last weekend. And I had heard other people talk about how they really liked this film as being like an undiscovered, not gem, but like an underrated classic of like 80s genre film. And it was like, I saw a little enough of it. I was like, maybe we could do this. Maybe it's not. It seemed kind of interesting. I mean, the cinematography looks like a, uh, a tampon commercial from 1983. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, well, there's a lot of actors in here that Daniel may like. And mm. even though Arthur's played by the fart face from A Lion in Winter, which I didn't recognize <laughs> until watching it the second time for this episode, I was like, oh, and uh, that actually kind of ruined the rest of the film for the me. The fart face. Oh, because he's so liver-lipped and... Arr. Oh, yeah. how did that guy get into so many great movies with so many well-known thespians and Catherine Hepburn and Peter O'Toole and Patrick Stewart and oh, it's not like he's a oh. terrible performer, but he's just a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's what he looks because he looks so. Especially if you're casting a movie for King Arthur, it's like John Borman said, "Who's the most like liver-lipped?" dullard looking guy we can get <laughs> let's get the guy from a lot the, the shitty middle son from a lion get, in winter get the guy that sounds like his cheeks cheeks are stuffed with potatoes kinda yeah <laughs> i mean this is also the same movie where guinevere is played by a lady with like a terrible like black perm and anyway but yeah <laughs> and they give a weird robocop helmet to merlin but yeah um, yeah, this is, I, I, this is especially weird because I went to a middle school, uh, growing up that specialized in medieval history and stuff, and we actually did quite a bit of learning about Arthurian legends and stuff because, I mean, Arth- none of this stuff happened in real life, but. What? Um, I, you know, you'd be shocked that, the, I mean, no one should, in the world where Trump is president, no one should be shocked that a lot of people think that King Arthur was an actual historical figure, but that is Yeah, probably no more shocked than. People who think Robin Hood was a real dude. Exactly, too. And, I mean, a lot of this stuff outgrew, like, some people do think there was, like, historical, like, you know, people in real life that inspired some of these legends and stuff. And the legends are kind of interesting because the Arthurian stories are just kind of such a weird mishmash of, like, 
pagan Celtic myth with like Christians imagery and stuff. And mm -hmm. especially uh, th this movie in spe uh, specifically is based on the Mort de Arthur, uh, the French 16th century text about it was I guess it was one of the first stories that really kind of uh, took a lot of the King Arthur stuff and actually like really committed into paper in a fashion that's kind of set the tone for a lot of King Arthur stories that have come since. Um, and specifically like the, the, the uh, was it John Borman who made this film? Um, specifically chose this version of the Arthur legend because it's such an allegory for the cycle of birth, life, death, decay, and restoration and stuff, which it's, yeah. it's just... But the other thing is when I was watching this movie while I was delirious, uh, deliriously <laughs> ill, I came in a good half hour into the film. I didn't realize there was as much pretext for the story. Uh, I, I, when I f was flipping through the channels, I just saw Gabriel Byrne uh, put the sword in the stone. And I thought this is a really cool way to start a King Arthur movie, not realizing that's half an hour into the film. <laughs> and then I yeah. fell asleep for the last third of the film, totally missing nice. the whole grail <laughs> search. And mm. I woke up just in time to see the ending of the film. And I was like, Oh, that's a tight two and a half hour film. It didn't seem like it's two hour, two and a half hours long. Whoopsie doodles. And watching it a second time. wasn't that bad, but I feel bad yeah. for subjecting you and the audience to this though, a little bit. Cause it is pokey. You you know, I was, oh, I was dreading. I was so dreading. The closer it got to having to watch it, the more I was dreading it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, I feel like, I, but I feel like knowing enough about Arthur and the stories made this not suck, because if you don't know anything about Arthur, this movie's gotta be confusing as fuck. That's the thing, and it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, yeah, because there's enough random shit that happens in this movie that, yeah, if you don't have some kind of, like, knowledge going into it, you're just gonna be like, what, what the... F like, so everyone's, like, having sex with their sisters, and no one really cares mm -hmm. about it that much, and... <laughs> Magic dude and and Merlin gets frozen in a cave and <laughs> comes back and he oh what the hell's going yeah and and apparently dragon's breath is very important yeah there's a dragon but you never see it which I guess is a th I guess the whole like this is more of a manufacturing thing of this film is the idea that like no one fights a dragon the dragon is just a symbol for like the the world and all the evils and mortality in it I guess I don't know hmm. um. Oh, there oh, you go. The Duff beer is kicking in. I had to get a little toasted <laughs> for this nickel. episode. Oh, I had to get Ooh. a little loosey-goosey, because this is going to be a long episode. We got a lot of ground <laughs> to cover. We are talking about the life and death of a fucking fiction, one of the most famous fictional people in history. But, yeah. Also, the movie starts mm. off, it's got, like, the 1970s fantasy book cover font. Yeah, duh. <laughs> I was trying to think of how to describe that font. But I had flashbacks to you making me watch Wizards for a moment. I was like, that's the first <laughs> moment when, while watching the film, I was like, oh, I think I may have fucked us on this one. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's, it's the, and the words say the Dark Ages. The land was divided and without a king. Out of those lost centuries rose a legend of the sorcerer Merlin. Of the coming king of the sword of power, Excalibur! Dun dun dun! And then um, it's nighttime. People are riding around on horses. It's very grungy looking, like kind of like a Mad Max Dark Ages. Really is, yeah. This movie kind of has kind of a grit to it. Yeah, yeah. And hey, oh, it's Merlin, probably. I guess maybe. <laughs> 
It's a tall guy with a metal helmet thing on. It looks like his head was dipped in mercury, and he's just gonna look yeah. like that for the rest of the film for no reason, I guess. That's mm-hmm. I guess he needs to he's really worried about the government listening in on his thoughts. So yeah. Think about what you how you imagine Merlin. That is not how they imagined him in this movie. Does he even have a beard? Yeah, he's got a little bit I mean, of a beard. He's an older British guy, and even his staff, he doesn't have like a cool, like gnarly staff. He just has like a curtain rod. With like yeah. a little Third Reich thing on the top, it's not a very, <laughs> it's not a very interesting staff. But what are you gonna do? No. It's, it's 1981. People, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's knights all over the place. And they start fighting. It's awkward because they're all wearing full armor and can't really move. Yeah, and that's that sets the, the tone for the rest of the film as everyone's kind of jumbling around and and plastic yeah. aluminum. Yeah, and some some guy in armor's like. Or Merlin's like, Utha, and Merlin's like, or that guy's like, Merlin, Utha, Merlin. <laughs> I don't remember this, and I just watched this last night. Yeah. I rem- Mer- I know how this ends, this first third of the film ends, but yeah. It, 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 they have a conversation, and Uther tells Merlin that he's very strong, and he can handle it. So... <laughs> Man, so I've Merlin- seen this film, and it makes it sound like you're making this shit up because there's no context for what you're. This sounds like a fucking Andy Warhol art film. This is how it starts, though. That's why I'm saying if you don't know anything about this legend, you're going to be confused as and hell. I, even, I know, I know, the know legend, about the Arthur legend, and I was confused. Okay. Anyway, I should let you go instead of like, yeah, okay. No, it's fine. Uh, Uther wants the sword, so him and Merlin go to meet at a river. The Lady of the Lake shows up, she holds up a sword, and I'm sure people that, you know, this had oh, to be... that's uh, right, yeah. And this is like three, two minutes in, I don't know. It really does feel, feel like you've just started in the middle of the movie, because it's just, they're going off to get the sword, and it's never... Oh, yeah, There oh, was that's... a battle. This explains There was a battle. S- okay, they go yeah. and get the sword, they bring the sword back, Uther holds it up, everybody's super happy. And he's like... <laughs> Hey, you get some land now. And the guy's like, yay, I serve you now. Did they even call it Excalibur? I don't remember if they called it Excalibur I, I can't not. remember that either. Yeah, my second note was, okay, now this makes more sense why I typed this. Because even read, like reading it while listening to you, I, I couldn't make sense of it. But yeah, my note is, I guess with a legend like this, you don't necessarily have to do a lot of world building or explaining how Merlin knew about the sword or where to get it or why he randomly promised it to Uther before being able to lay his hands on it. That's the weird thing, because doesn't he say, like, hey, I'm going to go get you a sword. And he's like, I'll yeah. be right back. I got to go get the sword. Hey. Like, and I, I guess, like, as long as you know about the legend, it's just kind of accepted that Merlin plus Uther equals Excalibur. Kind of like if you grew up with Star Wars, it's like Obi-Wan plus Luke Skywalker equal, equals lightsaber. But, yeah, some context here would have been nice. It would have it was something. I don't know. Because you think you could have had a little bit of opening narration from... Because in this movie, Merlin's... Uh, presented as kind of like this all-knowing, almost like he does narrate parts of the film later. I think you think you'd have one moment here, even if it's just off camera, like right at the end of like the little legend they have the beginning of the film, saying, "And thus, me Merlin, who is a magic dude, I helped the king of the land. I promised him a sword. Let's go in and look <laughs> at us today, you know, or some kind of something." But yeah, it's yeah, the movie stops, starts. In mid sentence, and it's weird. Well, yeah, he he holds out the sword and is like, "Yay!" And Merlin's like, "Hey, he gave you something. Now you get him something." And he's like, "You get land," and he's like, "Yay!" And then it's a party. 
they're rubbing wounds together and stuff. Yeah. Because I guess they're blood brothers now. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And then some lady dances. Everybody gets fucking horny as shit. You know what? And like that, th- even though the dancing is terrible. The, and you know what? The fancy part of her dancing isn't even the dance. She's got like this weird beaded skirt hoop dress thing on that's kind of doing the most interesting things for her. And then I didn't think much of this dance until I was looking up the 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 the, the, the trivia about this film. This lady is the director's wife. That's even more. Yeah, just she's like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you tell she's not a professional dancer? And also, it's just everyone's everyone in the hall's got like they almost pass out from all the blood rushing to their boners inexplicably. Yeah, yeah. it's it's bad, but but uh, Uther is like, I must have her, and some dude sitting next to him, I don't know who he is, but is like, Are you mad? The alliance, <laughs> yeah, which they, I, I guess they have just struck. Oh, so I guess the battle they just won. Uh, I guess Uther has just subjected someone else in the kingdom, and now they're, like, having a party at that dude's castle, and that this is that dude's wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's Uh, what's going on, yeah. And then, uh, Uther stands up, some guy yells, (laughs) Arthur, or Uther grunts, and I guess the truth is broken now, because they're fighting again. (laughs) And, like, Uther really just turns into a horny caveman for the, like, for the next, like, ten minutes of the film. Uh, and Merlin's yeah. just kind of standing there off the side, kind of going, "Ah, oh, shit." <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. This movie I, I don't know. looks and smells like balls. Your lead character at the start <laughs> of the film is just a caveman. You know, it's like, man, this is not very. When you're coming in expecting like a King Arthur film, this is not what you're yeah, expecting. Yeah, so Uther is attacking the that guy that the truce was broken with with like I don't know forty dudes. It's yeah. very impressive. <laughs> They're banging on the gates and stuff, and then Uther tells Merlin, Dude, Merlin, I want to fuck that girl so bad you don't even know. One night with her, come on, one night. Use that magic, Merlin, I gotta get some good times on my hangdown. Yeah, for some reason, Uther and and, and Merlin are just hanging out on a mountaintop, like on a chasm away from where all the other soldiers are trying to get into the castle, I guess? Mm -hmm. Is this the scene where they're outside? Like... Yeah. Yeah, and Uther's all like, "Help me, help me! I got a raging boner. I can't put it down." <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, I gotta fuck even one. I just want to sleep with that girl once. Come on, Arthur. I mean, I guess being a king, you you get used to so- or, no one being able to tell you no about stuff. But Jesus Christ, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> so. So shower. Merlin makes him swear to him. Uh, he wants something too. And also maybe to watch. I don't know. Yeah, Merlin no, it is magic. weird. It's like Merlin's a creeper too. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This, this whole scene is a bad scene. These are some dirty, yeah. dirty boys you don't want to be involved with. Oh, this these, uh. this, is, this movie starts with the nastiest of boys. These mm. All these guys are terrible. <laughs> And so, so, yeah. So Merlin does some magic. Uther falls asleep. Then Merlin he wakes specifically up. He, calls calls upon the breath of the dragon. Yeah, yeah. Uther wakes up. He dreamed of dragon dragons. Merlin's like, yeah. There's dragon breath all over the place. Look, it's just foggy. <laughs> it is just fog machine. I like even in, yeah. the trivia for the movie is like that wasn't actually dragon's breath. That was an ice machine. 
No! A dry ice machine. Like, no fucking shit. Like, what? This movie's not that magical. You have to, like, knock the scales from my eyes to find out, oh, that wasn't actually time travel that they sent the camera crew on to actually record. This is not a documentary. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, so then the Duke that they're fighting against comes out, uh, and they're like, we have drawn the Duke out. And Merlin's like, I'll turn you into him so you can fuck his wife. It's not creepy at all. Uh, I, I do like the promise for this. It's so, like, matter-of-factly. Like, oh, yeah, that's a good plan. Let's do it. Yeah. I like it, yeah. Uh, so then, um... Which, I mean, this is the... I mean, this is part of the Arthurian legend. I mean, this... The, the, this this whole... I mean, it's kind of duplicated later, too, where it's, a, like, a repeating thing where you have horny dudes pretending to be other... Or just horny people pretending to be other horny people so they'll fuck them and have their babies and just, like... Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. So Uther's like, but the cliff, the sea, and 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 Merlin goes, your lust will hold you up, <laughs> which is gross. a great response. I mean, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm surprised he just doesn't say, your dude. <laughs> at this point, you could probably just pull vault with your boner across the chasm. Yeah. You don't even need the. You fucking won't be riding a horse. You'll be you'll be riding your dick like fucking. <laughs> Like it's a, a broom and you're snake. a witch. It's gonna be like fucking Chihiro on, on the fucking luck dragon and fucking spirited away, except it's gonna be your penis that you're just flying through the skies with. Yeah. So he rides across the fog on his horse, turns into the duke, and goes into the duke's chamber. Yeah. And he does well, now that's- He does pet his dogs, which is actually maybe my favorite moment in the whole film. Because he just, <laughs> just telling gives each dog a pat as he's coming in. Yeah. Which I thought, okay, and, and- at least at least he's cool here. While all that is happening, the Duke is riding around, attacking Uther's men in their camp, demanding, Uther, Uther, come out and fight! Yeah. But then, he gets thrown off his horse, lands on a bunch of spears in Iraq, and goes out like a fucking punk. That's it. I, which, you know, that's uh, that's actually, I don't know if falling on the spears by accident is part of the story, but I know he's supposed to die the same night as Uther impregnates his wife and all this shit. But, but like... What? What is your metal armor made out of? To just falling off a horse and all these spears just puncture you. Metal armor don't do shit in this movie. It Fucking, really doesn't. I mean, granted, Uther or Arthur is supposed to have Excalibur later when he's leading his first charge into his first battle, and he's like lightly booping guys on the back of the head, and they just fall down. It's just like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they had like a combat guy in this movie, like some kind of trainer. It was all just, yeah. Armor, no. no matter what sword you're wielding, just you swing at each other. We'll take care just of it. If you it. hit them, whatever. Yeah, as long as you guys touch each other, fall down, scream. We'll just assume you're dead and you got cut yeah. through. So he falls. Somehow. He falls on a bunch of spears and is like, <laughs> and then a little a little girl wakes up and is like, my father is dead. She got a little oh, hat on. He's dead. Yeah, she's got a little hat on. She got a little tr- uh, bur- uh, churning butter hat on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Arthur, disguised as the Duke, walks in. And the mom is like, nah, he ain't dead. Look, your father's right there. And then Uther's like, let's fuck. It pulls out her boob. Really, they, they, they do fuck. And, but the fucking Morgana, like the, ki- the, the, the Duke's daughter is like watching them fuck and yep she's watching and there's titties everywhere and this movie is rated pg is pg i didn't even think about that yeah oh man even he 
he's he's just going to town and it's really gross. Oh, and it's graphic as shit because he's like, it's Gabriel Byrne humping and fucking, and it's, I was actually kind of surprised that you would even get away with this in a rated R movie of that time. Because, like, even, like, in a slasher film, you wouldn't have this explicit, like, hips bucking and fucking and dudes. You see, you see Lancelot's ball sack later on in this film <laughs> you sure this do PG? jesus christ okay anyway. i'm pretty sure yeah. let me double check but i'm pretty sure i mean, I I would, I mean in retrospect i would oh no it's r oh it is r okay i don't know what i don't know where i saw pg it must have been like on another movie called like wait Perpet- oh no that's a, yeah yeah that's was r. it was okay. it pg for, for perpetually gory you <laughs> <laughs> like the blood in the film but yeah mm-hmm Oh, wait. On IMDb, it says it's PG, but on the Google search page, it says it's R. So I, I don't so know f- what to believe. So few people care about this film, no one's bothered to straighten it out. There's like, hey, whatever. <laughs> Excalibur, so could, fuck it. Could be PG, could be R. Either way. <laughs> Depending on which state you watch the film. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, they fuck. It's gross. All my Yucko alarms are tripped. Yeah. 15 and minutes Arthur, like, and turns, it's, he he also changes from being like at least the camera perception of him is changes from being the duke back to arthur and stuff while he's fucking too and it's just different just yeah yeah i it's 15 minutes into the movie and i need a silkwood shower <laughs> so oh. i i don't i think it's merlin is like the future has taken root in the present and they bring in the dead duke he covered in red poster paint oh no you know what? I was actually kind of surprised because most of the blood in this film is actually pretty good because it looks, you know, it's a, it doesn't look like red, opaque, like cartoon red uh, uh, poster paint like that. But yeah, this, this yeah. is, yeah. I wonder if there's like so, a product of a reshoot or some, one of the last things he shot in the film or something like that. But I do yeah. like that line, the the, the past is, or the, 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 uh, the present has taken root in the future or something like that. That's the future great. has taken root in the present. Oh, that's what it is. That's, that's a good way of, you know, I guess... In, you know, just saying, hey, the lady got knocked up, it worked, yay. But I just, the, the, there's some nice poetry to that line, is all I'm saying. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, she's like, hey, he can't be dead. Some guy that looked like him fucked me. And then she has a baby. And, like, the I passage do- of time in this movie, there's no, like, nothing that says, like, nine months later or anything. Time yeah. just goes in this movie, and you're just, it's just assumed you're supposed to know time has passed. It's got to be, like, something like 60 years passed from the beginning of this film to the end, and there's, yeah, there's never an indication. At one point, Arthur just suddenly shows up from one scene to another. Now he's suddenly got bags under his eyes and grayer hair, but, like, other other actors are not aged up at the same rate too yeah. so it's really yeah this movie's a real hodgepodge in, in terms of timelines and stuff but yeah um also yeah, you think so- you think they would make more of a meal out of the duke's wife being more freaked out about like they just kind of gloss over the fact that like she just realized that something ain't right but now nine months later she's giving birth it's she's no she's already had the kid right yeah she's had she's the like kid. Hey, i had a kid and uther comes in she got a baby and then Uther's shitty, shitty heart is softened by the sight of his son. He's like, I'm going to be a nice guy now. But then Merlin shows up and is like, hey, yo, you made an oath. Give me that baby. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and Arthur tries to talk his way out of it. He's like, ah, what are you talking? I didn't really mean or that. Uther. No, br- 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 well, Uther, Uther was yeah. like, is like, words were hasty. I was really horny. You know how I get when I'm horny, Merlin. Come on, you guys. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Uther but is not Merlin- very son- genre savvy. He should know that yeah. he can't talk his way out of like a deal like this. Well, Merlin's basically like, yeah, nobody likes you, Uther. They're gonna kill you. 
give me that kid. I'll watch him so nobody I, kills him. I do love that he just picks up the baby and just walks down the hall with him. And that's kind of it. <laughs> he just yeah, like, so Merlin takes the kid. The mom starts screaming, but whatever. He's leaving. <laughs> and then, uh, this is how it was done in, in fucking like 1802. Not even 1802. Yeah. AD, yeah. And Merlin Merlin's just walking through the woods with a baby and Uther comes riding through the woods alone and is promptly murdered. Good job, Uther. You were a real moron. Yeah, he's just well, he's he's is he even trying to look for Merlin and the kid or is it just he's just yeah, randomly he's riding? Yeah, he's he's chasing him. I think also funny cuz he like he, I, I think there's a moment where he's riding through the forest and he gets ambushed and then he just yells, "Ambush!" <laughs> he's like yeah. oh no oh shit i should have seen this coming and well, so, but, i mean he doesn't just drop dead there's a whole thing where no he's, but he, before yeah, he dies and... he pulls out excalibur chops off some dude's arm and runs away well this is the thing where i was like well i guess excalibur is a little bit like a lightsaber in that it can just uh, chop an armored dude's arm right the fuck off yeah. but uh yeah so this I... is exactly where I, I started watching the film thinking this is a this is a cool st- way to start a film. Is yeah, yeah uh, Uther so he's like, dragon limping through the forest with Excalibur. Yeah, he's like nobody's gonna have my sword. No one can wield Excalibur but me. He did. He, he dives the sword into the stone. Yeah, but then, our, <laughs> and then uh, he really right. does just keep kind of. He doesn't. He keeps on crawling, but it's just insinuated he just gets even more the fuck murdered off screen. Yeah, because he, he, so, he continues but, to keep on forward, and the other guys are chasing him. And yeah, I'm assuming they just eat his brains, or because they seem to be pretty pissed. The people are coming after him. Yeah, but then uh, uh, Merlin's like, "He who draws the sword from the stone will be king." Arthur, you're the one, and he pokes the baby on the nose. And he goochie goochie. <laughs> Scene end. And I was having a good laugh imagining this guy raising Arthur, but then you quickly find out he just kind of. Said, he just I, pawns it off. I wanted the kid, but I'm not raising him. I just wanted the deed, but I don't have to work yeah. on that farm. Yeah. Uh, man, we should have watched fucking. We really should have watched Sword in the Stone instead of this, but whatever. Uh, you know what? You, your next episode, you could pretend that you've never seen Sword in the Stone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could, yeah. but I won't. Aw. So. At this point, I was like, man, this movie really moves. They don't waste any time. Everything just moved and moved. And, uh, I mean, it was it was kind of like, fuck the audience if they can't keep up. <laughs> or don't know the story of what's what's going to happen. But, yeah. It's, oh, I, it's pace, the pacing is impressive. I do also do like the explanation how the sword ends up in the stone, too. Even to the point that the Duke's Knights were trying to mur- murder Uther. Totally forget about Uther for a moment and start trying to draw the sword out from the stone while Uther limps yeah. away. I love yeah. that, that they're like, we're gonna get you. Oh, shit, the sword. And they're, like, pushing themselves out of the way to get to the sword. And, I mean, I guess from Uther's perspective, that was also a good way to, like, provide a distraction so we can get away. But I guess it didn't work. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so- because in the uh, Arthurian legends... Uh, sometimes the, the Sword in the Stone is Excalibur, sometimes it's not. In, in the Sword in the Stone in the Disney version, I'm assuming it is Excalibur, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, anyway, but go ahead. So, time passes again, and now the sword is in the stone, and a Ren Fair is happening. It really is Ren Fair <laughs> shit. <laughs> People are hitting each other all I'm, over the place, it's very silly. I'm surprised you don't have furries and people dressed like Doctor Who and shit walking around. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't just see like course, the, the, the parking lot right next to the, all this uh, uh, jousting just action. Fat chicks in corsets everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So Patrick Stewart wins. He's very excited. Yeah, this up- is the thing that when I 
was watching the movie Kill, I was like, ooh. Patrick Stewart? Ooh, I'm really going to enjoy the five minutes he's in this movie. Yeah, hey. So he rides out with his do- sword on his horse. A priest hits him with a bunch of lettuce, and he tries to <laughs> pull it fucking, out. That's, that, yeah. I, and you know what? It's going to be worth watching any movie to watch Patrick Stewart get slapped with spinach before pulling it out. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Bill, how the fuck does Patrick Stewart look exactly this the same is it witchcraft what did he do i mean he just started aging in the, like in the last five years but pretty much from that up until like 2006 he looked like this yeah it is alarming because this is like uh, ee, uh, <laughs> it's we i mean it is patrick stewart like some of the other actors like well actually qui-gon jinn looks a little bit like kind of like his younger self in this but still, like, there's some other actors in this movie that, like, fucking Helen Mirren looks different. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. He made some fucking... He did some curse shit. I don't know what Patrick yeah. Stewart... I'm part of it. I mean, it's a little bit like this... He it, ate a baby. <laughs> he fucking... He was raised by Satanists. I mean, it's a little <laughs> bit like the Steve Martin thing, where Steve Martin always, always looked way younger. He always looked like he never aged, because he had gray hair since from, like, he was 19, so he always had gray yeah. hair. And, you know, Patrick Stewart, you know, he never had hair to begin with, so he never had to go through the process of seeing his hair change color or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he looked prematurely old because he went prematurely bald. But yeah. still, yeah, just even the face and the way he carries himself. And he's actually pretty spry and muscular in this film, too. It's not like he's an old man. I think he's only, like, a decade older than the girl who plays his daughter. So it's not like... Mm-hmm. He's, like, probably our age or not younger in this film. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So he yanks and yanks and yanks on the sword, and he, he even makes silly of, faces. Of, yeah. Uh, but he can't do it. The sword not move. Everybody's sad, and so they wander off. For Patrick more jousting. was 40 when he made this film. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So he's not as old as... He's, he's, I'm not he's, as old as him. Yeah, he's younger than me, though, which is... Oh, Jesus. That's even more horrifying. <laughs> so, uh... Arthur... Shows up with his brother and father, Kay. I forget his father's name. It doesn't matter. But I know his brother's name is Kay. Uh, and they're like, get get Kay his sword. He's a squ- Arthur's the squire. What you think? Fucking Merlin would have been like, hey, watch this kid. Make him a knight or something. Don't just There's make something. him a shitty squire. It seems like he just... And you think if, the- yeah. You'd think if Merlin gave you a baby, you'd be like, this baby might be important. I guess I should raise him to be a knight or something. Ask a couple questions or something, yeah. Yeah. But nope. But Arthur <laughs> Arthur left uh, uh, the sword, Kay's sword in the tent, so he runs to go get it, but it got stolen. Oh no. So he sees a kid running off in the distance with a sword, so he chases it. He can't find a kid, so he casually pulls Excalibur from the stone. <laughs> Is this really how they're gonna explain how Arthur gets near the sword enough to think, oh, I'll just and does Arthur not know what Excalibur is supposed to be? And this seems to be a big Fucking local I legend. Don't know. I mean he just yeah. watched another dude try to pull the sword out of the stone to become king. Was he really just gonna pull the sword out of the stone and give it to the guy just as like this kingmaker sword and give it to this his knight? Just be like, oh hey, I'm sorry I lost your sword, but I hear here's Excalibur. Yeah. I hope it makes up for the fact that I lost your old sword. Um, so so Kay comes up, and Arthur's like, I, I can't find your sword, use this one. <laughs> he does do that! I was like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> man? 
And Kay's like, what? <laughs> Their dad comes up and is like, shit, can you pulled it out? Yeah. Well, no. I Arthur feel did. like for a moment he does say yeah, and there's a brief flash when he goes, ah, this, this lie is not going to hold up. I have to tell him that, yeah, fucking Arthur did this. And this does not bear, make a strong argument for Arthur eventually being a strong, intelligent leader where he just completely does not understand the context of what he's done or anything. He just seems like the biggest fucking moron in this scene. Yeah. yeah this is, I can see why everyone else is like, fuck, this kid is not our leader. Look at this fucking kid. <laughs> so everybody starts freaking out. Arthur yeah. feels bad, so he puts the sword back in the stone. Which is great. I and did like that, yeah. And he got to pull it out again, but some other guy's like, no me! Yeah. But he can't do it. Then Arthur pre- just yanks it out. Now I he can't remember be the guy's name. I just call him Pretty Boy Floyd. It's this kind of handsome dude with a beard who becomes mm. a big thing in a bit. But yeah, he tries to pull the sword out, and yeah, he can't do it, and the other guy tries to pull it out, and neither of them can do it, but yeah. yeah. And Arthur's like, Dad, don't bow to me. And he's like, I ain't your dad. Merlin brought you when you was just a baby, because he was too lazy to raise you himself. And he's like, who's more real folder? Who's Merlin? And Merlin's like, I'm Merlin, yo. You're the son of Uther. That guy, everybody fucking hated. That and is everybody's- bad news, because I can imagine everyone's... Because I'm assuming these guys are all the people who murdered Uther in the first place, I guess. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody yeah. starts yelling at each other. Some of them don't want a bastard boy as a king. Picard's okay with it, though. No, Picard's totally like... I, he's the one... He's the sole voice in the crowd saying, No, fuck it, that guy drew the uh, the sword. We're, we've all... Our whole thing is about... We've been waiting for the king. He's gonna draw the sword. He drew the sword. He's the king. The end. And then everyone else is like, yeah. Fuck you! But then Merlin just wanders off because that's what he does in this movie. <laughs> Thanks, Merlin. He just so Arthur st- chases. He's just around long enough to cause shit with everybody, then wanders yeah. off once the shit is stirred. Yeah. Arthur chases Merlin through the woods, finds him sleeping, and then and now it's nighttime. After talking to him, I'm confused. I don't know this. Yeah, the world turns into Dagobah. Like, right after Arthur lays claim to Excalibur, it go- it turns into night, and Merlin goes all hammy as he-, as he bids Arthur to sleep, sleep in the arms of the dragon, and dream! Yeah. To the point he's, and like, also, making funny faces and shit. Yeah, I-, I figured that the guy playing Arthur, like, put on a way of talking when he was playing John in A Lion in Winter, but I guess that's the way, that's the way he talks. He really... Whenever Arthur is really, especially young Arthur is doing stuff in this movie, this is the movie when it feels most like it's about to turn into Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> because he's so, like, he he could have, he should have been Graham Chapman's squire in that movie or something, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Merlin tells Arthur about the dragons. It's everywhere and everything. Uh, he tells Arthur to go to sleep, so he does. Then it's morning. And Arthur is flailing about with the sword, looking like a fucking idiot. <laughs> he looks he's like very he's talented. Reminded me a little bit of the beginning of uh, what's the shitty Disney cartoon that almost killed Disney? Um, uh, this, Black uh, the Black Cauldron. Cauldron. It's so- something about him just like flailing. Really, is just flailing in the woods, just like randomly swinging at mosquitoes and shit like that, making an ass out of himself. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's, they do some walk and talk. Arthur's going to be king now. But they got to help Mr. Patrick Stewart because everybody's fighting him. And then they play, like, half a minute of O Fortuna. And then they just abruptly cut it off. <laughs> I 
really thank you. Well, actually, probably this. This is also the other moment that really makes it feel like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, because this is the a music that they would have used in that too. Well, especially yeah. it sounds extra hokey now because this music has been so overused in movie trailers and stuff. Uh, if people yeah. heard it, you would recognize it. it's like ho cha ho pa ho yeah. Some men like some men like cheese, hot <laughs> fragrant cheese. Uh, what the hell's that from? This is, there's a, been a couple, like, uh, uh, YouTube videos, or even before that Flash animation of people that went through Old Fortuna and just wrote down what it sounds like. Oh, yeah, I could totally see that, because they're singing in Latin, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. But yeah, Arthur, uh, uh it is Arthur, not Uther. Arthur runs up yeah. to a bunch of people, and he's all like, what does he say? Like... If you would be a knight, if you would be knights well, who would follow king, follow me, and that's when so they ride right into battle. Yeah, they hook up a rope to some scaffolding. Merlin whispers to some horses. And they pull it down. It's very exciting. Yeah, and then Arthur is suddenly super capable. Even though half a minute ago we saw him flailing in the woods and almost cutting his own this, leg off. This is the same fucking day. It didn't even occur to me until now. Yeah, that you've he's got a one man stabbing machine. This is happening over the course of a fucking weekend. It was su- Saturday morning was the Ren Fair, and now it's Sunday mm-hmm. morning, and now, yeah, he's dashing from fucking rampart to rampart, hooking up ropes, and, well, I guess now he's got Excalibur, which I guess explains how he suddenly, although he's just an idiot get, in the maybe. woods five minutes before the scene starts. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, Excalibur wasn't helping him look any less retarded <laughs> know, exactly, the yeah. The fucking raccoons and shit were laughing at him in the fucking woods. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, so then, I mean, he's doing well enough fighting all these people attacking Picard that Picard's daughter is all like, yeah, Picard and his daughter are are like, look, father, it's some kid. <laughs> That's exactly her line reading. It's some kid. Yeah. <laughs> so then Arthur jumps off the ramparts onto Urien. Uh, he holds Excalibur. To oh, that that's guy's the pretty throat. boy Floyd guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, swear to me. He's like, nah, you're just a squire. I ain't swearing to you. And then Arthur's like, shit, boy, you're right. How about you knight me? It gives him Excalibur. And I then, really uh, like this. This actually may, may be my favorite scene in the whole movie, just because it's... Uh, this is... I don't know. I mean, it, again, it kind of makes Arthur look kind of stupid, but I do like he he just puts his trust in this guy that instead of just running off with Excalibur, he's going to fucking knight him, and, he, and actually the guy does. Yeah, he's like, oh, that solves everything. So he knights them, and now everybody's friends. <laughs> there is one guy in the background who, as soon as Arthur gives Urien the sword, the guy shouts, keep the sword! And you would think Arthur, the first thing he would do the moment he's knighted as king, would be like, keep an eye on that motherfucker and have him fucking <laughs> rub the fuck out the moment he is. He actually gets starts getting some power. He's like, don't trust that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, so it's then cool. Later- I, li- I mean, they, again, it's a little bit like, didn't like in the Bible, Peter give communion to Jesus or washed his feet or whatever. Like, like Jesus had to subject himself to the other dude, and the other dude did. This is kind of the same thing. Mm. I don't. I forget the Bible right now. There was a thing. <laughs> where- the the best analogy you've ever given. <laughs> this is. I am nothing if not Indiana Jones's dad being so well spoken. With my uh, knowledge about the Grail and Arthurian legend, if if only there was some sort of word you could use, like I don't know, theologian, theological, yeah. <laughs> and so, in the next scene, King Arthur's running around with Zalakaber or whatever that sword is called. So, 
So, uh, battle's done, and Guinevere shows Arthur up. Now they're in love. (laughs) This does set up... Have you ever heard about the Fisher King or the Wounded King? Mm, eh, probably, but I, it's not leaping to mind right now. It's uh, it's 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 the centerpiece of the whole Grail legend is that they're supposed to be. Um, it's not necessarily in, in the original stories. It's not King Arthur. This is actually one of the more clever things they do with the added adapting all these stories to this film is. Uh, the legend of the, the, the Grail Knight is all about how there's this wounded king. Sometimes there's two kings, but there's a wounded king who has a wound that never heals. And he's the one who, uh, he, he goes to Percival and says, Hey, Percival, go find me the Holy Grail. It's the only thing that can fix me because I've got that wound won't, won't heal. And I do like that. They kind of start, like, threading that into, into Arthur's story a little bit where he gets a wound. Uh, he gets stitched up in the side by... Actually, I didn't realize getting stitched up in the side, that's probably also another... Uh, Jesus analogy with the, the mm. Roman, the Spear of Destiny kind of injury on the side. But yeah. he, there's a dancing right after that. He rips the, the, the wound open again. And I think Arthur also gets killed in the exact same spot. Like when Mordred drives the spear through him at the end of the movie, it's in the same spot too. So there's a little bit of that going. I mean, the whole wounded King, Fisher King, King thing becomes more literal at the end of the film. But even then, subtextually, they're kind of laying in some of that stuff in the film, which I thought was kind of interesting. But shut up, Bill. I love monkey pants. Oh, the monkey pants. So, so then there's a party. With uh, biscuits. Uh, with biscuits and gravy. <laughs> and Arthur talks to Merlin and is like, fuck, I love that girl. If only she'd be my queen. Can you make her love me? And Merlin's like, fuck, boy, I did that once. It was some bullshit. No thank you. No They're thank really, you a thousand times. Even the framing is almost exactly the same framing, uh, just even the picture frame, way the shot is framed as the same conversation that, yeah, Merlin just had like 20 years ago with his dick, dipshit's dad. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah. fuck, not again. What the fuck is wrong with people? Then she gives Arthur a cookie. A really good looking cookie. It's all nice and moist. And she even says, I put special things in it just for you. <laughs> I spit in it for you. <laughs> I put some of my titty milks in it. And it's later now. Some knight is beating up all of Arthur's knights. So, Arthur gonna fight <laughs> Again, him alone. this really does skip to, I guess, now Arthur's famous now and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, M- Merlin grabs a fish out of a river and then does a pratfall and falls into the river. Really is some fucking... What? This, this is some fucking, uh, fucking family guy. Or not family guy, fucking uh, Family Matters, fucking TGI Friday fucking pratfall shit going on here. And it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. No, he's just. I guess they want to show. I thought for a quick I moment, for a half a minute, side of Merlin. I thought for half a minute, Arthur would be like, "Ah, I learned a lesson from that." Like, nope. and use some sort of trickery on Lancelot. But no, nope, nothing happens. I'd like to think the actor was actually really hungry, and the camera just happened to catch him. Like that. That was an outtake. <laughs> that wasn't even meant to be in the film. That was. He's just like I don't know. Or just so Arthur things, rides up. Yeah. To a knight who's in very, very shiny silver armor. Super and is like, shiny, yeah. Hey, yo, get off my road. And the guy's like, nah, I'm Lancelot. My armor is very shiny. I'm cursed with being too awesome. I'm Ain't no king smiles, good enough to beat like me. like an anime gleam on his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. You can try if you want, but my armor is very shiny. So they joust. Arthur gets knocked off his horse. He's very mad. He's then super they fight. fucking pissed. He gets so, <laughs> he's like, this is starting, this turns into a Popeye Bluto fight, practically. Yeah. Yeah. They fight. The camera work is confusing and way too close. Yeah. Uh, Arthur gets cut at a bunch. Uh, he's losing. 
But then he's like, Excalibur, give me your power! And he slams the blues, smashes Lancelot's weapon, and knocks him out for a little bit. Yeah. And Excalibur breaks. Oh no! I do then, like how quickly Arthur cops to fucking up when he breaks Excalibur uh, by yeah. wasting it in a stupid fucking duel with Lancelot. Uh, but yeah, I because I thought this was going to be take a lot longer for him to realize how we fucked up the sin of pride and all that stuff. But I do like he's immediately mm. like, ah, oh, shit, what the fuck did I just do? He's yeah. like, oh, shit, I broke it. I broke that which can't be broken. Lancelot was meant to win. I really am a piece of shit. I was supposed to unite all men, not break my sword. Oh, fuck. And he throws it in the water, but then the lady on the lake pops up, gives him his sword back. It's all put back together. This is a big and, bummer, though, because this is a big lesson for Arthur. And, and she immediately, she's like right there, like, ah, just kidding. Here, yeah, and every, Everybody learned an important lesson that day. They all got gold stars on their report cards. <laughs> the end. I do like wherever they shot this, because it is, it looks like a fucking postcard. This whole scene with, like, Lancelot and the super gleaming armor and the big waterfall behind them, and mm. I guess it was shot in Ireland, so everything's nice and green, and it looks beautiful, and it just looks like, you'd have to, like, CGI half the, sh- half the shit these days to make it look this nice. Because the world is a wasteland in 2017. Uh, but, no, it's just, it's very idyllic looking. And, you know, if you're watching a King Arthur movie, this is exactly like the kind of stuff you're looking for. Because it's duels with Lancelot and Lady in the Water. And blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. So Arthur's glad Lancelot still lives. And La- Lancelot's like, shit, boy, you beat the best knight in the world. I'm going to be your champion. Hurrah. Scene end. <laughs> Huzzah. And then it's nighttime, and the hills are on fire. Arthur and everybody are super stoked. They're very happy. All the wars are over now. Yay! Yay! Merlin gives a speech or something. And then and then Arthur gives a speech. <laughs> he has a little puppet show. Makes everyone happy. Everyone still goes, yay! Yeah. And then Arthur tells them to always come together in a circle after battle to tell their tales. And he's going to make a round table. And there will be mediocre pizza for everyone. Yay! Yay! I've never... You know how do you know round table pizza existed until just super recently? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's a great name for a pizza place. Yeah. Yeah, because the pizza... Your table is shaped like your pizza. That had better be a huge fucking pizza. Um, This is... This is... This is one of the also my favorite parts of the movie. It's one of the most lyrical. Again, if you're looking for a movie about King Arthur, this is the most one of the most King Arthur moments because it's King Arthur at the height of his powers with all of his knights. Even though in movie time he's only been like King Arthur for five minutes, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he's got all of his knights and everyone's got their banners and the stars are out and they're on this rooftop and uh, yeah, I I do like the whole thing where like he's like yeah we must. <laughs> I must make some kind of round table so we all remember this fellowship <laughs> ring that's a friendship that uh, Merlin has forged here tonight. Um, None of that hexagon table bullshit <laughs> you know, like they have over in Westvale. <laughs> no, I'm thinking a round table in case we get more knights so they could sit around above us and below us too, but that might be a little weird. A um, round table, sire? Are you sure such a thing has never been attempted? Didn't, had they not, I guess they had invented the wheel by now, so they would know what circles are. <laughs> um, You're right, Bill. Nobody knew what circles were until <laughs> wheels were invented. Thinking, like, they have circles? <laughs> People used to look up at the sun and the moon and say, I sure wish we had a name for that shape. <laughs> 
And this is the scene where King Arthur invented the circle. And it suddenly turns into fucking... He, 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 he stops everyone for a quick moment, draws a circle on a piece of paper, holds it up and says it's for kids. And everyone applauds. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But yeah, this is it. Uh, this is yeah. This uh, this is presumably the apex after which everything goes to shit for Arthur. Well, he gonna bang Guinevere, and he wants to have a kid because he wants to bang her so hard. So he's like, "Bring her to me. We're gonna get married, yo." So Lancelot escorts Guinevere to the king, but they want to bang so hard. Oh yeah, this is already. I mean, this is the seed of his doom right here. Yeah, then literally the next scene, it's like, oh, yeah, love triangle, this is going to tear the kingdom apart. Oh, well, shit. this is kind of the thing about this movie, I, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned it already, but mm-hmm. there's no character development with anybody. Yeah. It, like, you're just, uh, it's just assumed that you know that Lancelot and Guinevere are super in love with each other. Yeah, it's, it's... Like, there's, there's nothing showing that they are in love with each other, aside from them saying, hey, I, I love you very much. Yeah. Uh, it's, there was, it's, I did see an interview with uh, the director who said he specifically didn't want to make this movie about the characters, but about, like, the legendary archetypes that the characters are, are like, filling in the, in the, in the roles of the story. But Which, I mean, it is ha- true. But without having the characters there, there is no archetype. Yeah, that's the weird thing, because I don't know who this movie was made for, because you have to know at least some, some of the legends to have a little bit of context for what's going on, otherwise... That sh- shit is hand- randomly happening for two and a half hours. It's yeah, like you might it's as like well if, make it a marionette show at that point. I mean, it really is like if you took the, like the six Star Wars movies and cut them down to just like the th- actions of of uh, what people do and not why they're doing it without any context. If you just cut it down mm-hmm. to like the lightsaber scenes and the action scenes without like what people are doing and saying between those scenes. Which, granted, I mean this movie's already two and a half hours long. If if they had done this movie up, like, kind of what you're saying, if they actually did delve into the characters and actually explain why, who who everyone is and what they're doing, this movie would, they, they would have had to make this into, like, a movie trilogy like, or something like that. But Like, Bill, how yeah. would you describe King Arthur? Not in this movie, but just King Arthur. He's a dude. How would you describe him? He's, he's uh, a dude. <laughs> he's a dude. Actually, that's a good question. Well, King Arthur doesn't have a personality. He's just a dude. He's kingly. He's got, well, actually, I'd say, it's like, more by the fact he's, that he's got Excalibur. He, yeah. He's supposedly very brave. He's very noble, like yeah. very, very uh, loyal and like trustworthy. And he's, he's supposed to be a light. good guy. But explain what his personality is in this movie. His personality is jealous and horny. Yeah, pretty much. Like you, you but don't. That's see all him, he needs to be in order for the don't, plot to happen. Yeah. You don't see him being a good king. It's no. just like, hey, he's doing good, so the land's awesome. Well, and you also another him point that actually, interacting with any peasants or anything—it's it's funny. Just, he's just—it's it's funny that you're calling this out specifically because even again with the same interview with John Borman, he was talking about how they went out of their way not not to even show any peasants or anything like that. There's a little bit later where you get to see the inside of the castle where there's people living inside the castle, but like it was like, yeah, if you notice, we don't see any farms or agriculture or anything like that because that's not what the story's about. Like Camelot in this movie is designed to be. It's it's kind of designed to make any sense because you don't see anything outside of Camelot. Essentially, Camelot exists in its yeah. own weird, like hermetically sealed and world. Like yeah, Cam- the world. Yeah, it doesn't feel. Yeah, there's. It doesn't feel like there is a Camelot. In there's this. no there's infrastructure. A movie they kind of go yeah, to. Yeah, there's no a, infrastructure a, world building here. It's a just taken castle, for gran- yeah. maybe that they go to. It's hard to say if it's a castle because you just see a hallway in the round table. <laughs> it, it really is. Yeah, uh, the only way you know it's a castle is like the two scenes you see right outside the castle where it's just like 
cardboard bl- cardboard blocks in the shape of like ramparts and bridges but like, covered in tin foil and you're like yeah. i guess that's the castle <laughs> but yeah no everything in this movie is totally surface level stuff they don't like yeah there's no world building or like social infrastructure or anything in this movie it's just it's just just caricatures just bouncing off each other for two and a half hours i mean which granted I these think- are all supposed to be legendary characters but yeah it is yeah it's it's really weird it's, it's the cliff it's, notes version the of this thi- story thinnest veneer of of characters yeah it's it's almost like a little kid's production of king arthur stuff where it's just yeah there's no internal logic to anything it's just you're just seeing the highlights of everyone's uh lives and the 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 actions that their characters are supposed to perform within the story but why they're performing those actions is never explained or anything like that you know it's weird anyway so anyway uh so, so wedding. So, so he's uh, uh, Lancelot is escorting Guinevere back to the castle so she can marry the king. And there's her handmaidens are riding in front of him, and they're all like, "Tee hee hee!" Oh, this scene. Okay, I forgot about the scene. Yeah. And Guinevere rides up next to Lancelot and is like, "Hey, um, you got a girl? You got a girlfriend? You probably got a girlfriend. My handmaidens want to fuck you so good." She pretty like, much practically says that too. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, "No, I live only for the sword." And he's, she's like, "Yeah, but there's gotta be some girl who got your heart." And he's like, "Only you." It's like, okay, you could have just kept that to yourself, but all right. Yeah, you're already setting up badness here, man. That's the that's 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 private thoughts, indoor thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "And I'll love you as a queen and the wife of my best friend, and while you're alive, I shall love no other." And I get okay. So Arthur's apparently his best friend. Yeah. Well, that's what we've, the, this dialogue we've seen them interacts. Up- yeah, interacts so much, and we see their like. Do uh, do we ever even see them in the same scene together after they fight? No. Like I, I we do a little you know bit, what? but honestly, but then like, they, well, there's, there's no friendship at the end of the movie, there. and 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 Arthur's there, but yeah, no, you do not see them. You have to take it off for granted. Why well, this is? I mean, this really is the opposite opposite of a uh, show don't tell. It's just really well because they have to cut like, and it's probably been like ten years since they fought on the bridge, but it's the next scene, and so they have yeah. to cover up on that ten years of like, oh, did I tell you about like these all these campaigns we're running? Now this guy who beat the sh- who I beat the shit out of on a bridge. Ah, oh, now we're best friends, and yeah, it's not even dialogue they're having they're just ex- it's just exposition that they're just reciting to each other yeah and like why do that why why do him and guinevere love each other yeah just because they have to because that's what they that, that's what the story is but yeah it's never yeah it's kind of like attack of the clones <laughs> when the characters they fall off the game because that's what the plot needs to work but yeah, yeah. so now marriage so Damage. arthur and and guinevere get married in front of a giant banner of an exploding christ face <laughs> What? I didn't even see that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's and, what, you know, everyone thought Jesus, like, there was no arguments, is Jesus black, Jesus white? No, he's an exploding sun face. Yeah. Yeah. So, now they're married, and Morgana Yay. shows up. She meets Merlin. She's Arthur's sister, the girl who watched Merlin take the baby away. Yeah. Mer- this is Mer- <laughs> This is Arthur's obviously evil half-sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who everybody just accepts that. And just lets her wander around the castle. I don't... Yeah, so, I don't know. Is she just meeting all the characters for the first time here? 
I don't know. That's uh, you're, well. Who knows? Merlin's all like, she shows up, and Merlin's all like, she's he's not quite like, who are you? But he's all like, eh, I don't know if you should be around here. It seems like yeah, everyone's like you're a aware witch, her, but like, yeah. It's also Helen Mirren. It's Helen Mirren. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. it really. It's just Helen Mirren. That's the the whole character. Um, she's young. She's pissed off, and she wants to learn magic from Merlin. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, I guess she's done some study on it or own. He's like, can you see the future? And she's like, uh, there's going to be a castle right over there. He's like, bitch, everybody knows that. And she's like, Shit, you saw me magic, place. Merlin. They're standing in front of a sign coming, coming in 2017, Camelot Estates. <laughs> yeah, he's like, duh. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, teaching me magic. And he's like, nah, the one true god is coming and magic going to go away. It is a time for men. And then Arthur and Guinevere kiss, marriage get. And then, mm. so, okay, this scene, that scene's over. They're married now. And evil lady's there now. Oh. So we see Lancelot riding through the woods on his horsey, and some guy's stalking him with a dagger. Lancelot s- sleeps against a tree. The guy touches his knee. Lancelot grabs his sword and holds it out to him. That guy runs away. Then he catches a rabbit and cooks it for Lancelot. I have no then, idea what's going on in this scene. And then, so we find out that he wants to be a knight. Then why was he stalking Lancelot with a dagger? I, because, I mean, he's supposed to be a thief. That's the way, that's the what, that's the imagery and archetype they're playing with. But then suddenly, yeah, he's, I'm a, I want to be a knight. And then Lancelot, okay, that's good. I'm going to make you my squire. We're going to go walk back to Camelot. And he takes him back to Camelot and says, Psych, you're going to the kitchens, motherfucker. Yeah. And that's just an excuse for this this thief guy to kind of wander around Camelot and we get to see Camelot for the one time we see it in the film. And like there's a when you're riding around through the the like past the peasants and stuff, there's a bunch of like naked children holding red fabric and just <laughs> walking in a I circle. Saw that, I was like, is Daniel gonna comment on this? Cause this is You damn right I am. <laughs> What the fuck was that? This was that how peasants already. had fun back in the day? I mean, hey man, it's fucking twelve oh two. What else are you gonna do other than <laughs> take your pants off and just run around in a circle with your friends all day? And it's like they were way too old to be doing that. You know, if they had invented the circle yet, they could have been playing the circle in the hoop game, the stick in the hoop game. But no, that's not until like nineteen oh two. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, no, it's, and, and they're like right in front of the camera too. So you're seeing you get this man. People get freaked out in the first Superman movie when you see Superman's dick when he's two years old. <laughs> this is a uh, whole bunch of two year old dicks that it's just like man. Mm, I'm mm. legally not allowed within fifty feet of this film. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that guy's Lancelot Squires now. I guess uh, so. Yeah. But Lancelot can't stay for the media of the round table because his dick is way too hard for Guinevere. Oh, I forgot. This is how they're setting up the fact that, like, yeah, his dick is so much on fire, it's going to catch the whole place on fire if he stays for more than two seconds, yeah. Like, I don't... I, I can't... I can't... I just can't... <laughs> Nobody has ever been so much like, I can't be around her because I know I'll fuck her. I just... He, he's, he is, like, supposedly the be- best knight of the round table, yeah. but he 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 can't. He doesn't have the willpower to not fuck the queen. I mean, this is canonical to the, to the legends and stuff. And in fact, people have people have written huge essays. People have made their whole careers trying to trying to make sense of 
the dichotomy of Lancelot supposed to be the most chaste, most pure, most honest of all knights, but also being a raging fuck machine who will I mean, impregnate maybe... everybody if he get if even if he smells a scrap <laughs> of Genevieve cunt meat from across the kingdom, he will just turn into a rape ape. Like I mean, it's just maybe if the queen was Jennifer Connelly, it'd be believable. <laughs> Jesus. But not uh, yeah, movie. no, She's it's fine. Um, yeah, it's and that's something that this movie doesn't really figure out for itself either. Because I mean, great. I mean, I mean, they do turn that subtext into text where you do have Lancelot essentially fighting himself later. They're like he is divided and he does fight yeah. himself, and that becomes a thing in the film. So it's not like they're ignoring it, but it is also just dramatically. You're watching it, and you're like, and you know, the funny thing too is because I grew up. Uh, Congratulations. Well, you know, I'm still trying to grow up. Um, <laughs> I grew up with, you know, like, like if you're a kid, depending on uh, what media you're exposed to, you might, like, you're only reference for, like, Gen- oh, who's the lady's name? Guinevere. Guinevere. Gwen- I want to call her Genevieve for some reason. I think I've called her Genevieve a couple times. You have. Your only reference for Lancelot and, and Guinevere are, like, the romantic knights and saving the princess and... Yeah, you don't get the rest of the context that Guinevere's married to King Arthur, and, like, that's, you know, uncool, and that's a bad thing, technically, even though this is supposed to be the rom- most romantic couple of all time, and they're- mm-hmm. and this love tears a kingdom apart. That's, I mean, like, their love is just a, a part of a rot that destroys this kingdom. It's not actually, I mean, it's romantic, but it, it comes with this double-edged sword that destroys everything around them, Um, and it's... It's and weird. you sure can pick up on it in this movie. It's palpable. Yeah. And yeah, the movie's kind of weird about it. But anyway, but yeah, that that that's. And last so the new this sp- movie's not really interesting. Guinevere's not that interesting. Yeah. King Arthur's just yeah, as we said, is a fart faced mule. <laughs> so if the casting had been a little bit better, even if the writing was still the same, which is weird because like, the movie you- has such a great cast. But like the three most important characters are some of the three <sighs> least interesting actors in this film too. Yeah, I was gonna say about to say like. The, except the great cast is relegated to like five minutes of screen time. Yeah, if this had been like Patrick Stewart as Arthur and fucking Helen Mirren as Guinevere, or, I don't know. You could you could have had Anthony Stewart head as Lancelot or something like that. I don't know. You could, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Which so is the man, squires? I, wa- <laughs> yeah, but, but. squires walking around the castle, taking in the sights. Merlin getting bonked on the head, and like I watched that scene a couple times, and I still don't know what happens or why. Yeah, there's like some kind of wooden contraption that's moving around that bank box him which granted how bad it can occur because he's always wearing a helmet just for occasions yeah. like this yeah so the squire sees the round table it's very round and does he scream that oh shit it's what? so round and the fact that he screws out oh my god what shape is this <laughs> even invented a new shape <laughs> Look at this high-tech shit before my eyes here. We should also point out that this... I don't know if they see it here, but this squire does have a name. His name is Percival, which is a big, big deal in in the Arthurian Grail legends and stuff. So, yeah. And so you see all the knights around the round table, and are they... Do they always wear their armor? That's gotta suck. (laughs) No, that's the thing. Everyone in this movie wears their armor no matter what's going on. That shit has to stink like crazy. Well, we see the fucking Merlin's taking naps and shit. Well, he's got his fucking helmet on. He's like, he's part of Borg. And like everyone else, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're eating dinner. They're farting and screaming and fucking. 
We see two. There's two sex scenes in this film, and both times the dude's still wearing armor while he's fucking. Oh man! You think he'd have to take off the armor just to conceal, just to unconceal his penis? But somehow, like everyone's got like a fucking little penis, like little shutter on their armor that they, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know it's. I guess actually might have to kind of need that just to pee, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, everyone's hanging out. It is all cartoony looking, beautific. Uh, yeah, Lancelot's uh, not there, but they fill his cup to show their love for him. Which is nice. And then, and then Arthur's like, hey, fuck, Merlin! And is there any evil left in the world? I Everything's do, fucking awesome! Arthur brings this upon himself, because he's all like, look at this. Look at this fucking place. Look at me. Look at everyone here. <laughs> this shit is so fucking perfect, right? Yeah. We have we We have to have conquered evil, because life could never be this good again, right? This is as good as, like, shit, man. We we have and defeated God and God's plan for us because we are so <laughs> fucking good. Nothing bad could ever happen again. Yeah. And, yeah. and then Merlin's like, yeah, there's evil. And it's always where you least expect it. And then a drunk Liam Neeson's like, I don't know what evil is. Your wife is super wet for Lancelot. Everyone <laughs> just shuts it Everyone's like, what? Oh, shit. You don't have to see that. Well, everyone, well, Arthur is surprised. Everyone else is like, oh, shit. We all knew it, but you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> and Guinevere's like, oh, the evil of gossip. But I forgive you. Drink from Lancelot's cup and we'll all be cool again. Yeah, she's trying to cut. Okay, come on, man. Like, you know, like, okay, yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to pull this at the fucking dinner table, man. We all know what's going on, but you don't have to call it out. But yeah. So we spent five minutes of watching Knights hand over hand the cup to, to, uh. Let's go uh, on for a while. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that just Gawain. shows off what a big table that they've got now. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a bunch of stupid-looking faces and then dumps the cup. I would love to think that Liam Neeson's audition for this movie was to look as wet-lipped and freaked out as possible. (laughs) So, Lancelot and Gwen are gonna fight it out. Arthur cannot, for his honor! He can't fight for Guinevere's honor because he's the king, and he has to be the decider. You don't understand. It's the law. It's the law. I cannot do it. It's very dramatic. Mm Mm-hmm. So Lancelot prays. Then he has a dream where he fights naked with himself. A lot more ball sack between the legs than I was expecting. Just sack. Just so it's, much sack. There's a bit, of, yeah, because it's rare, like, even, especially in the 80s to see, if you're going to see a nudity movie, it's going to be a topless lady, maybe some bush, you're never going to see the guy's junk. But it's rare, especially in 1981, to see, especially in a fantasy film, a dude's, Lancelot's ball sack. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Between okay, Patrick Stewart just... being slapped with spinach and Lancelot's ball sack, I've already I've already gotten my money's worth of this, this film. <laughs> but yeah, Lancelot, I can't decide if he's fighting himself or it's just supposed to be his armor. I'm assuming it's supposed to be the armor is representing his darker nature or something like that. Yeah. But he gets run through the side. Uh, again, they're kind of and... going to a wounded king place because this wound also becomes a thing later on in the film. Uh, but the, actually, yeah. the effect is really nice because the makeup is really good because they show him being impaled through the side and you know obviously they didn't actually stab the actor through the gut but mm-hmm. uh you could see well, you the could... sword coming out the and he rolls over and he actually pulls the sword out because i'm assuming it's a retractable yeah. blade but then the other side disappears it's just kind of like really clever state i mean it's it's stagecraft really but it's just really if, done for the camera if but, you'd yeah. like to see how that's done uh check out steve johnson fx channel on youtube and he oh, talks yeah? about it yeah his this youtube spe- channel is really great does he talk about this specific thing right here yeah 
Oh, wow. Oh, okay, okay. That's that's kind of cool. I mean, because, like, if you know about movie effects, you, you could probably guess, but that's... Steve Johnson is great. He did the special... Not all the special effects, but he was one of the special effects guys on Ghostbusters, The Abyss. All, if, if anything yeah. was done by Boss Films Incorporated, he was part of that. Yeah. He tells oh, okay. some great stories about working with James Cameron on The Abyss. Mm-hmm. I feel bad because that guy... a piece of shit they were. I love special effects stuff, and he put out a book, uh, like, uh, the first chapter of, like, a ten-chapter autobiography last fall for but it was like 50 bucks and i was like i like that guy i don't know if i don't know if it's worth spending 50 bucks blind on his first chapter of his autobiography but yeah Steve and his youtube channel was great and then he just kind of stopped updating i it. think he stopped doing that to write his books because i think he realized yeah. that was a better way to make money but yeah steve johnson effects, yeah but yeah. what about for me i know exactly what about me that's why what nintendo announced today the super nintendo mini for all of us why pirate things when you could just buy it directly from the source in a much <laughs> also, harder to find way I, yeah i'm not even gonna fucking try to find one because fuck nintendo with their fucking making way too few <laughs> bullshit i am right now best buy has its entry up for the 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 super nintendo mini it's, it hasn't gotten live yet but they do have a, a page for it and i've been refreshing it the entire time we've been recording <laughs> yeah in I, fact, i'm not I gonna will, be able to get one i, I like will, one but i'm not gonna be able to get one uh daniel you're about to get a google chat link for me so in case you also want to keep refreshing best buy today just in uh, case man i don't it's not i, I i'm i'm just I saying it's there if you care bullshit. about it so okay, okay yeah anyhow anywho but yeah so yeah rot is setting in on the kingdom the idility of piece has has fucked shit up yeah the next day everybody's waiting for lancelot to show up for this duel but he not there are they, are they, do they know that Lancelot is coming? Yeah. Because, because I know at some point Arthur's like, okay, uh, Gawain, uh, who is Liam Neeson's character, who also, he fought a character, uh, which is actually, hmm, this is neither here or there, but, uh, Liam Neeson's character, Gawain, uh, he fought the Green Knight in the story, uh, it's a big fable within the... Arthurian legends about uh, honesty and stuff, and his character, his character is supposed to be the most honest knight, so it's funny that they chose him to be the one who essentially calls out fucking Guinevere and Lancelot fucking at the dinner table. Uh, but mm. yeah, he's, uh, I guess they are waiting for Lancelot, but Lancelot is not showing up, so Arthur's all like, okay, we need someone to fight Lancelot instead, who wants to, who wants to fight? And, and none of these fucking <laughs> pussy knights are willing to defend their queen. Well, because the whole thing is the idea that, like, trial by combat in this situation means that whoever is right and true in their argument it will cannot lose this fight. And everyone knows that Lancelot and Guinevere are fucking, so no one's no one's well, gonna no, be like, they're not fucking, they're just super wet for each other. Well, they know that Gawain's right, though, so no one's gonna put their neck out for Gawain, because they know that Gawain's right. And you think this would be the moment Arthur might go, oh, shit. <laughs> Someone, everyone else here seems to know something I don't know. What's going on? But then, uh, personal But then Lancelot's up. squire, you yeah. know, champion for the queen, so Arthur knights him so he can battle Gawain. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is too scared to do it. So shit's about to go down, but then Lancelot shows up. He's bleeding all down his side, because I guess his dream really happened. I guess so, yeah. But he jousts anyway. Uh, they joust, they both fall off their horses, they grab some big maces, and start hitting Just each other. Walking on. This fight goes on for a while, too, yeah. Yeah, Lancelot pretty much kicks Gawain's ass, even though he's got a big old wound in his side. Yeah. 
He gets on top of Gawain. Gawain's like, oh, the queen's innocent. Fuck. Lancelot passes out. <laughs> yeah, you got out. me. Oh, don't just don't hurt me anymore. And off to the side, it turns into a Simpsons meme where he says, he's already dead. And the <laughs> end. Yeah. Yeah, so then that's done. It turns into Gabo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, when Gabo... When the Gabo puppet flies into the kid's audience, it's still the funniest. I think that may be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Just even yeah, thinking that's, about that's... it now is fun. We got eight. We still got five hours of movie to talk about. Shut up, Bill. Okay. And uh, so, so Lancelot's laying in bed now, and 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 uh, Arthur's like, Merlin, do whatever you must. Bring him back, no matter the cost. When Merlin and Arthur walk down the hallway, they talk, then they laugh. Is done. <laughs> I don't. But does anything come with this? I mean, Lancelot gets better. No. But is there? I don't remember anything in the movie that actually. There's. There doesn't seem to be any price that Arthur. Well, Arthur does get fucked up and it's coming up soon. But I don't know if that's supposed to be the the price he has to pay for Lancelot having been made better. I don't know. But yeah. Hmm. Well. <sighs> well, and this is a situation Lancelot. where you have. Where you have a king going to Merlin saying, "Hey, I need this situation. I will do anything to fix this situation." And the next scene. Uh, that dude ends up bearing a child. I don't know if that has to. Anyway, but yeah. Well, Lancelot goes and takes a nap in the forest. Guinevere oh, yeah, rides still, out to meet yeah, him. He can't even. Of course he gets she fixed does. up, and he can't even. Bo- he can't even bear to. Uh, rest up in in the Camelot. He the first thing he does is go. Oh, hey, thanks for fixing me up. Uh, I'm gonna go re- recuperate in the forest because I still can't get over the scent of titties in this place. Mm-hmm. It's too much. It's too much. Ooh, why? She smelled good. What's she wearing today? So Guinevere rides out of me to meet him, because of course she does. And of course she manages to find him in the middle of the forest. Well, she got... Well, his boner is emitting light. Ah. So it's like a beacon in the night. Oh my god. And they're just too horny for each other. They can't hold it back any longer. So then Arthur and Merlin are standing on top of their tinfoil-covered castle. This is when shit you realize is, oh my god, they really just take take some, yeah, it's tinfoil of shit up there. <laughs> and Arthur's like, hey, they're fucking, aren't they? And Merlin's <laughs> like, shit, yeah! I feel so bad, because Arthur really is just like, I can't see him, but I can hear him. He's so resigned, <laughs> he's like, yeah, they fucking, well, man, yeah. I'm sad. So Arthur's like, what are we gonna do, Merlin? And Merlin's like, I'm not doing anything. Magic's a pe- leaving. There are other worlds. This one's done with me. I'm out. Peace. And then he flies away. It really is. And that's like his kind of... Well, it's not his total exit from this film, but it's his exit from Arthur's life. Yeah. It really is like... You think Arthur would be like, don't, don't you see that shit's going kind of bad for me? Could you just hang on at least five more minutes? Like, I, Yeah, I, Arthur... I think, ca- or, not Arthur. Merlin kind of sucks in this story. No, Merlin's a fucking butthole. He's a shitty wizard. <laughs> I do unless he's saying, unless he's conjuring dragon unless he's conjuring yeah. dragon's breath or helping a dude rape a lady he doesn't do much yeah and now he's just like you know I'm tired I'm out I I think he realizes shit's about to be up and he's like you know what I got I got I, he's 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 like you know gorgeous ladies wrestling is on I gotta get out of here I'll talk to you later <laughs> he's yeah. rolled yeah gets on his so, broomstick his little fucking <laughs> curtain rod and just shoots off into the sky yeah arthur rides out to find the horny couple and then he's just he's gone his way and then merlin shames morgana because she's just using bat wings and snakes <laughs> and shit to make potions whoa 
Well, you miss. Oh, there's the thing where like uh, fucking Arthur goes out the woods. He finds the sleeping. Well, couple. no, no. I'm I'm oh, going is that scene not by scene. Oh, is that not yet? Oh, okay, okay. okay yeah, okay, it, okay. it bounces back and forth. Oh, you know, but yeah, no. Fucking Rowan goes down to the. I, it looks like he's in the basement of the castle because then he just goes. I is he going back to, in, into his dungeon or something like that? I don't know. But yeah, he yeah. finds Morgana. Fucking Helen. And this Mirren's, is intercut like, with Lancelot. Yeah, this yeah. is intercut with Lancelot and Guinevere fucking. And then Merlin takes Morgana to some secret place. It looks like a slightly up-budget Star Trek set. It is, yeah, it's a cave. Yeah. And then he shows her some, the horny couple. <laughs> and, and then also her, uh, Uther and her mom fucking or something. But this she wants to see this more. Is... She wants to see the dragon. And, and Merlin's like, even though that shit would burn you, it would blind you. And she's like, then burn me. You were going to say something? Oh, no. I was going to point out this actually a little bit of clever thing because in some of the legends, um, there's a thing where they go into a like this. Essentially, the same thing happens where Merlin is led into a cave by Morgana. And uh, I can't remember who shows what, but there's a thing where they see that, like, uh, a vision of a couple who had once used this cave as a hiding spot. Mm. And they're kind of alluding to, the, the, like, like there's sexual tension between Merlin and Morgana a little bit, too, that they they, they, be, they could become the next sexual couple in this hiding spot. I do like <laughs> the next movie, sexual couple. Uh, well, the movie kind of takes that and actually turns into a thing where there's, like, this fucking... Kryptonian view screen where you get to see actually rather than just saying oh there a couple of, <laughs> this is a fucking a fuck spot for people they just mm-hmm. they, the fact that they have a little windscreen that they can, you can see a Guinevere and Lancelot fucking and then yeah presumably like flashback to the footage of of yeah Guinevere's mom or uh fucking Morgana's mom fucking I don't, something but yeah I don't know the fact that they actually managed to weave that detail into the scene I thought was kind of nice even though it doesn't really mean anything but. Shut up, so, Bill. So Arthur finds the couple post-coitus. They're sleeping. And while he does that, Merlin is like, look into the eyes of the dragon in despair. And she's like, <laughs> and then I laugh. I got you to get away from the Because it's mic. cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> also, they do this weird, I don't know if they put contacts or she's shown a really weird light into Merlin's eyes. And his eyes turn kind of weird for a second. Which also, yeah. earlier in the film, Right when Arthur first becomes king, there's a moment during the Dagobah scene, right after he pulls the sword out of the stone, uh, he happens across Merlin who's sleeping, but like sleeping with one eye open, and he's also got the magic effect in his eye in that scene. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, anyway, I just thought that was kind of weird. Yeah, anyway. So Arthur plunges Excalibur between the two lovers, which somehow stabs Merlin? Well, in the I back? guess Merlin's doing magic, and I guess the magic, his magic comes from the earth. I, I didn't quite understand this until watching it a second time. I didn't realize the two events were linked. I thought randomly, I thought he just, yeah, I, mm, yeah. Mm. So Morgana wants him to speak the charm of making, so he, he's kind <laughs> of in a trance. berserker. And then he does and fades away. Yeah. So she's going to find a man and give birth to a god. Okay. Well, he also, I guess he things are happening. Ice. Like he fades away, but he's also like he's frozen in ice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something Which, weird. Which again I don't in know. the legends, essentially the same thing does happen in legends. Sometimes he gets turned into a tree, sometimes he gets like frozen into a tree like he's held down by the tree, sometimes he gets turned to stone, turns like all kinds of shit like this, but this is something that actually does happen in the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Morgana is so, bad news, Morgana Lafay, whatever you want to call her. More truce, more goose or whatever. Yeah. So the next morning, the couple wakes up, 
and they see Excalibur, they freak out and get Syad, and they probably shouldn't have put it all in and moved it around. What? So then Morgana seduces... What? Why <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds... I don't even know what that means or what you're insinuating, but it sounds dirty gross. <laughs> dirty gross, um. yep. So Morgana... Mm-hmm. Man, so this this is kind of like Merlin's exit from the story, essentially, though, right? That previous scene. It is yeah. just funny that like he's just I mean I st- even even talking about now I still can't understand exactly what happened because he just does he recites the thing she recites it too and he freezes. Well, oh, I forgot he got stabbed with the sword, so I guess he's weakened and that's how she was able to. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's so right. Then, oh, anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to backtrack a little. Oh, bit. I'm fine. still trying to make sense of yeah. So okay. Mon- Morgana uses the spell to turn herself into Guinevere and seduces Arthur. And is like, I have conceived a son, my brother, my king. Mm-hmm. Gross. So now she's giving birth. It's weird. Yeah, again, we'll just jump forward nine months. And yeah, she's she's all prego and giving birth yep. to Lego waffles. And, mm. and then that scene's done. Yeah. And then so Arthur and his... pull the baby out and start kissing it and stuff. Yeah. And then Arthur and his knights go to a church. Lightning strikes Arthur, but he's not <laughs> That's dead. This is really random as shit. <laughs> well, like... Fucking or more well this is this is happening while Morgana's giving birth to her son Mordred, which this yeah. is a big deal too. And like, yeah, Arthur, I don't know why they're at church or what's going on exactly. No. I think they're praying against and fucking, like I don't know. And uh, fuck it, it's great because Arthur is just like, hey God, please don't fuck me up. And as soon as he <laughs> says that, Booker blams her. He gets yep. stopped by lightning. And yeah, and his wound is in the same place where he got stabbed early in the movie that Genevieve had to stitch him up. And it's mm. just, this is that may be the most random moment in the whole film. Because they're inside a church when he gets struck by lightning. They're not even outside. Like, where did the lightning come from? But yep. yeah, so, holy so shit, now God the land, hates Arthur. Yeah, now the land is really shitty. People are digging in the mud. It's very yeah. sad. It's not even a farm. It really is. This again, one of the few times you see peasants in the movie, they're like in a latrine, like poking at the latrine with sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one of the guys, one of the knights, I can't remember which one. I, th- I don't know if it's Lancelot or what. Are kind of like they're 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 riding through, and they see just how nasty everything is, and they just run the fuck off. They're like, ugh, ew, muddy yeah. and poopy here. Muddy and poopy. I don't want shit on me. No, thank you, no, sir. No, no muddy, no poopy. <laughs> no bueno. So <laughs> no, he says does say no me gusta and lights out for the border. <laughs> so Arthur decides he wants them to find the Holy Grail. It's the only Randomly. thing they can. The Grail's the only... never been mentioned. It's just like, hey guys, find me a magic cup. Yep, and that'll be easy to find. Sure. Well, like, I so... feel like everyone else is like, what the fuck is a grail? <laughs> what so... makes this one holy? Like what? What? It's it's the only thing that can restore the land and heal him. Apparently. Yeah, well, so they did say at the beginning of the movie, they, they established that Arthur... Did they establish at the beginning of that Arthur is the land and the land is Arthur? That, yeah, like, something his like that. physical yeah. state is, is connected to the land. And as long yeah. as he's prospering, the land will prosper. But now he's super bummed, because his wife be fucking everybody, and now he, his penis falling off. Mm-hmm. So the knights ride out. They will find the grail or die. Probably gonna die. <laughs> they all get fucking wiped out. Various shots of various knights looking for the grail, just looking here and there and out over various landscapes of paintings yeah. by Bob Ross. They, and then uh, the knights start dying. 
Percival's there's a whole musical seat. montage. Mm-hmm. It's like the reverse of a Rocky training scene where everyone's just getting fucking wiped out to the tune of Man Eater. Yeah. Um, Perci- Percival sees someone all dressed in stupid looking gold armor. And, oh, we and- did skip the part. He does. Also, we this is the part where we find out that Britain is also like Arctic Tundra and all this other <laughs> like bring Britain was way bigger back a thousand years Apparently ago than so, it is yeah. now. Uh, but there is a cool scene where uh, Percival's that uh, he's uh, I think he's he thinks he's found another knight in the Arctic Tundra, but it's like this frozen knight with his like face rotten off. Yeah. I just thought it was really cool. And uh, then I can't remember if it's Percival right there. He's like, oh my god, we're never gonna find this fucking. I think grail. so. But yeah, I think anyway, it's but then pretty much all the... Percival from here on in. Yeah, for like the next half hour of the movie. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, so the person in the dumb looking gold armor is like, You seek which Arthur wants? The Grail? I do. Then follow me. So he follows yeah, the gold. A, this is a creepy. I thought it was a girl, but it's a creepy boy in like cherub, cherub baby armor. Yeah. Yeah. So he follows the golden things past some dead knights. That have their armor stuffed with clay made to look like a dead body. Yeah, and before this too, we see Gawain's corpse on the back of a horse running through the woods and shit too. Like, yeah, it's mm. a bad place to be. Yeah. So, turns out the gold armor is full of Morgana's kid. Uh, she tells him that, Percival, you've been looking for that shit for ten years. Boy, you ain't find it. He's found nothing but sorrow and death. So she's like, you've searched too hard. Drink and join with me. But he won't drink. No, thank you, ma'am. So shitty little kid with the punchable face is like, he's no good, mother. Take him to the tree. This is John Borman's. This is the director's kid, too. So, yeah. Oh, mistakes were made. (laughs) (laughs) Picture. Yeah. (laughs) So... So, uh, person, oh God, uh, the rest, but, man, this like whole next like 20 minutes of the food movie is like really, yeah, the narrative starts to break down a bit. It yeah. gets really impressionistic, but yeah. So Percival's hanging from the tree, slowly choking, uh, but the spurs on another knight's boot, boot are slowly cutting the rope. And while he's getting choked out, he has a vision of the grail. It's spilling blood everywhere. And it says, what is the secret of the grail? Who does it serve? But he runs away. Then the rope gets cut and he lives. And he's like, Arthur, the secret was in my grasp. I have failed you. And then flash forward time again. And the little kid is now an ugly, ugly man. Really? Just like, yeah, albino, weird, just ugh. That punchable face turned into a punchable face. (laughs) Slightly broader punchable face. So he's like, when am I going to be king, mother? Eventually. So she That's right, because he and Morgana just still are still living in that weird little cave. Beneath yeah. the tree or whatever. And yeah. she, so she blesses his armor so it can't be damaged by weapons or some shit. And it, it but it's it pointless. Can't be, it can't be damaged by weapons forged by the hands of man. Ah, okay. Which becomes a thing. Yeah. So he goes to see Arthur, who's looking pretty fucking rough at this point. Yeah, Arthur comes and, out. He's all fucking Professor Xavier in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, I have come to claim what's mine. And Arthur's like, oh, how about some love? And he's like, nah, I don't want any of that. Hey, all your knights are dead. I'll come back and take Camelot by force later yeah. and rides away. And I do like when he says, like, love is the only thing of yours that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. So 
one of Arthur's knights is getting in a fight with that kid and his his group, who I guess, uh, from what I read, are supposed to be the Saxons. His army is the Saxons. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I could say, actually, yeah, because since they conquered England. Oh, yeah, that totally makes, yeah, that, no, historically, that would actually, I mean, that combined with the, when this, I mean, yeah, that, that both makes sense, and thematically, that makes sense, factually, that makes no sense at all, but, yeah, that, Saxons, they're the ones who, uh, conquered and invaded England in, in 1066. Yeah. Um, so this, but, uh, this, this, this knight that they kill, this is pretty boy Floyd from the beginning of the movie, this is supposed to be the guy who knighted King Arthur to begin with. Mm. Yeah. So he gets stabbed, Percival sees it all happen. And then, so how far away did Percival get? Like, these guys were searching for 10 years. Did they only go in, yeah. like, a five-mile radius of the castle? Because Mordred seems to live right down... Mordred seems... Mordred, Mordred and Morgana both simultaneously seem to live at the ends of the earth and ten, about a block away from Camelot. Yeah. Uh, from what, like, from their interaction with, with Percival and the fact that, they, that they're suddenly at Camelot saying, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hey, Dad. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, it's not supposed to make sense. It's just, it's all myth and legend, so, yeah, you're not supposed to think about it too hard. So, so Percival goes over to the knight, the dying knight's like, you're the last of us, you gotta find that grail, yo! And yeah. he's like, oh, okay. But then he hears the way... Yeah. Then he hears <laughs> wailing and gnashing of teeth, and he sees Lancelot, who's crazy now, yeah. in a funeral procession with a bunch of peasants, and the peasants start smacking him, Lancelot smacks him. Kind of beat the shit out of him. He gets kicked into a river and swept downstream, and he has to take off all his armor so he won't drown. Yeah. He bursts out of the water. Yeah. And he's like, I can't give up hope, Lancelot. It's all I have. So now he's at the same gate where he saw the vision of the Grail. And he's like, What is the secret of the Grail? Who does it serve? You, my lord. Who am I? You are the Lord and King. You are Arthur. Have you found the secret I have lost? Yes, you and the land are one. Now he has the grail somehow. It does, like, it, it vision, it, like it's like the superimposed picture that suddenly turns into the grail, and that's it. And that's mm-hmm. the Percival's quest is over. Yep. And that's kind of anticlimactic. Me- Although, again, going back to the grail legends, it's canonical that uh, fucking uh, Lancelot does turn into a, he, I, I don't think he turns into an old man, he turns into a monk. Mm. Uh, he doesn't quite turn into a homeless peasant crazy guy like in this. I guess maybe some of the versions he does, but like yeah. they're not completely off off base. And the story is like, yeah, Percival. Well, I guess they also changed it later to Galahad, but Percival is the one who finds the Grail, brings it back to again. In the story, is it's not King Arthur, it's the wounded king and or the Fisher King. Sometimes they're the same character. Sometimes they're they're they're, they're father and son. But yeah, mm. this is this is this, this is what happens in the stories. Pretty much, it's not so, quite as weird and as impressionistic as in the film. But <laughs> yeah, takes the Grail to Arthur's like you and the land are one. Drink, drink, and the land will be where you are and with you. Now he all better. He does. He stands right the fuck up. Is like guys, we got work to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or O Fortuna starts playing again. People getting ready for battle. They ride out. Arthur finds Guinevere at a convent. Yeah, he... I do like, I guess he did know. Well, it's funny because Guinevere just drops out of the movie. And, well, both Guinevere and Lancelot drop out of the movie after they're busted. And yeah. I guess, yeah, now it's 30 years later. Now everyone's like, not even 30 years because everyone else was like in their 20s before. Now everyone's like in their 60s. It must be yeah, like 40 years later in like the last... Uh, 20 minutes since the last time we hard saw him. Hard to them, say. But, yeah. but he, he wants 
he accepts her he wants her to accept his forgiveness and also forgive him and all that and he got a ride with his knights once more and then she pulls out excalibur she kept it for him he takes it then he's like here's hoping when we're all dead you'll consider me your husband in the hereafter and then he Which leaves. is funny because that's, I mean, that's kind of what happens with the whole Avalon thing because <laughs> Avalon is kind of, and this is, Avalon is essentially where J.R. Tolkien came up with the idea of, where do they go to at the end of Lord of the Rings? They, when people die, they don't die. Well, at least like the, the elves and, and Frodo, they yeah, don't I die. They go the off to the White Havens, the Gray Havens. Yeah. The idea that like, technically you're kind of dying, but you're also physically going to a different place like that where mortals can't tread. Avalon yeah. is the same thing. And sometimes uh, Avalon is the place where King Arthur's body is buried. Sometimes it's where he goes after he's been mortally wounded. They take him where he won't die. He'll just, like, remain in stasis forever, kind of. And this is kind of alluding to that. Like, once all these characters are passed from this mortal coil, like, they can... They don't have to worry about destiny or responsibility anymore. They could just love each other like a, like a husband and wife, like they should have mm. at, to begin with. Which is kind of a nice sentiment, but... Yeah. And then... But then Guinevere's like, she's like, no, till death do us part. I'm going to fuck Lancelot in the hereafter. What are you doing? No, <laughs> get out of here. You, do you realize this drama is going to continue on that fucking island? <laughs> <laughs> Eternal so, fucking forever. All of us, all three of us. Why don't we just do a three-way? We could just fucking yeah. end it now. Everyone gets me. Yeah, mm -hmm. Jesus. So he leaves. And then we find out Mordred got an army. It makes smoke. So they're going to camp for the night. And in the morning, they'll attack. Well, no, well, it does make smoke. Fucking uh, Morgana makes smoke. Well, shut up. Hold on. Shut up. I shut up. Shut no, up. they're like, look, there's smoke from from Mordred's army. Oh, is right? that what it? Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. We haven't okay. gotten to Morgana's smoke yet. I thought you were talking about Morgana. She she fell asleep in bed while smoking her 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 Marlboros. Her hookah bar. Her hookah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that's just, this is this is the scene where uh, Arthur is standing on top of a mountaintop, and Merlin comes back for one last time to whisper in his ear, "Did Dongo dislike smoke?" <laughs> anyway, <laughs> shut up. a good reference. So, <laughs> so Arthur prays to Merlin, or just talks out loud to him. I'm not sure which it is, but does okay. he? I was joking yeah. about that. Oh, okay. And Merlin's trapped in plastic ice, and then. Arthur's like, if only you could see me wield a scalibur once more. And then Merlin's there. Or is he just a dream? Oh, it's the uh, whole thing. Yeah, like he'll always be in people's dreams from now on. Yeah. Well, and then Merlin goes, a dream to some, a nightmare to others. And then he vanishes. Like, why'd I you have to scream that, Merlin? That, I hope your dogs realize that you're not yelling at them when you're yeah, yelling away from them. They're mic. sleeping. Okay. So then Arthur, and then he vanishes. So long, yeah, Merlin. Yeah, for all the look. Yeah, thanks, Marlon. You're fucking hell. You're a great cheerleader. Okay, at least we know you're live-ish. Yeah. yeah. So Arthur goes and talks to Kay. They both had dreams about Merlin. And then, uh, Mer then Merlin walks around Mordred's encampment. Nobody can see him. And a creeper creeps up on Morgana in her tent. And uh, he's like, I wonder if there is any magic left in you from keeping yourself so young. And then he starts That's talking to her. That's a good point. It is a, like I said, it has been 40 years since the last time we've seen these characters young. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. He tells her that once he let the dragon's breath out and it almost killed him. But he doesn't see any mist here. So her magic must be all gone. 
and he goes her into using the dragon's breath magic and charm magic and she's sleeping smoke's pouring out of her mouth he keeps taunting her and be like ah come on bitch it's not magic enough come on do more magic magic come on i really don't understand because yeah because he's taunting her and then she's asleep and then she's belching smoke and it's just like he disappears and it's smoke's pouring out of her tent and so one of the 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 guys on in her army runs into her son's tent and is like, a fog is rising. And he's like, a fog? That can't be. My mother has a sense for such things. So he goes to see his mother. But she all old now. So of course, he punches her in the face and strangles her. I mean, Mordred is supposed to be the bad guy, but this is kind of like, I, I'm, I mean, he, I, he's, he's supposed to be mortally offended by her age, and he's so disgusted by, but it's still just really random for again, yeah, he's like, watching a ew, movie, you old person, on, gross. Like, <laughs> he just, he just can't stand saggy tits, and so he just pops her <laughs> one. So the next oh, party, man. it's very foggy, and O Fortuna is playing from Arthur's boombox. And yeah. it does seem like it's playing from Arthur's boombox, because, like, the further he away he is from the camera, the quieter it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, he's so got this, Radio Raheem blasting O Fortuna on a fucking tape deck, yeah. Oh, so, my God. So then, uh, stabbing starts happening. People so, did point out for, like, the goof sections on, on, on IMDb, they actually recycled a bunch of sound. Not just sound effects, but, like, the actual sound, the whole sound, not by soundtrack, not music, but just the whole of the combat and fighting uh, sound effect landscape from the first battle in the movie when Arthur is, like, you know, pulling down, using ropes to pull down the, the scaffolds and stuff like that. Because uh, people point out that if you actually really listen, you could hear Arthur and Merlin talking in the background from the dialogue from that scene. In nice. the background of this final battle, because they just looped that same, the whole sound over this. I'm assuming also the Or Fortuna part, but yeah. Um, yeah. So clank, clank, bam, wham, clam, blam, death, blood, doom, legs are cut off, lots of blood. Mm-hmm. And if this is movies PG, which IMDb says it's pretty impressive, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Any- I don't know what to believe. You see more arms and legs cut off, though. Yeah, no, that's that's at least you know. Well, I I appreciate their commitment to dismemberment. So shit's going bad, but then uh, crazy Harry Lancelot shows up. Fighting spirit is restored. Is he like in armor? Or is he still just dressed like a hobo? He's kind of got leatherish armor on. Okay, I can't remember. Yeah, I only know is he drops dead because he's still got the wound from that he gave himself when fighting himself all those years ago. So mus- the music just comes to a stop now, and uh, this just the sounds of whacking and cracking. And eventually, the fighting stops, and Lancelot calls for Arthur. It was a hard fought four minutes. Like you used to hear about battles taking like weeks to go back in the like medieval times. Nope. Four minutes. That's all it took. Especially because the whole point of the fog being a benefit to Arthur is that they, they, they don't have an army. It's just him and the knights. But yeah. they're fighting Mordred and presumably like thousands and thousands and thousands of dudes. And you'd think it would still, even with that advantage, it would still take more than four minutes for like 12 guys to mop up. 4,000, but yeah, what are you going to do? Again, that's not the point of this film. This film is all just surface-level myth and and goofiness. So Arthur finds Lancelot bleeding out. Arthur forgives him and tells him that he's the best of all the knights. And he finds out that the queen is still cool, too. And he dead. Yeah. Well, he's already bleeding out. When he hears about the queen still alive, all the remaining blood uh, rushes to his boner, and that's that, that's what kills him. He's like, oh yeah. no, this is gonna be the boner that kills me more than the goddamn wound. Yeah. 
So then the fog's lifting. And now Punchable Face Guy shows up and Arthur, they're gonna fight. Well, not so much fight as run each other through. How <laughs> anticlimactic. Do they they don't even exchange blows? They just charge at each other and impale each other. Yeah, um, the the kid stabs Arthur. Arthur just keeps walking forward and then stabs him through the chest with Excalibur. Which I think is opposite of what happens in in the Le Morte de Arthur that this is based off of. But this mm. is still, you know, which is funny because this is essentially what happens to uh, Picard and his evil clone at the end of that last uh, uh, Next Generation movie. Which, you know, because it's Patrick Stewart, I'll just throw that out there. But yeah, Mordred really Thank fucking you. hates. Or uh, fucking Mor- Mordred and Arthur really hate each other. Like the fact that like it's Arthur that pulls him over the himself through the pole, right? Yeah. Yeah, and again, the the wound goes through his old wound that he got at the first battle and stuff. So again, with the wounded King Fisher King stuff, but yeah, uh, but because Excalibur was not forged by the hands of man, that could slice through that asshole uh, chubby cherub fucking golden armor and kills his ass. Yeah, or he could have just stabbed him and through the mouth uh, where there's yeah, no armor. Because everyone, <laughs> everyone throughout this movie takes the first opportunity to take their helmets off. Exactly, just chop the fucking heads off. Yeah. Yeah. So then Arthur's like, Percival, take Excalibur, find a nice calm pool of water and throw it in it. And so he does. Well, he's about to, but he has second thoughts. <laughs> and he well, comes back and they repeat the scene, which in the original story, he does it twice before he finally comes back. And Arthur's like, for fuck's sakes, Percival, <laughs> just throw the, uh, even then it's not even Percival, it's another night, but they meet a Percival. Throw it in the fucking river. This story's fucking over. God damn it. Yeah. And this is all done to Siegfried's funeral music by Wagner oh, yeah. from Die Gottergemergenrung. Um, some of the romantic music early in the film accompanying, uh, fucking Lancelot and fucking Guinevere fucking fucking in the fucking forest fucking is, fucking. Uh, from Tristan and Isolde, which is, you know, like, it's the Irish legend of essentially it's, it's, it's Lancelot mm. and Guinevere, that's, it's a romantic knife and a princess fucking and uh, so it's funny that, you know, that's a thing, but anyway, shut up. So he, Percival goes Wagner, back. That's right? You said that's Wagner Yeah, music? it's Wagner, Wagner, whatever. Okay, yeah. If you want to be a Luddite, you can say Wagner. <laughs> like me. Is Wagner, is that supposed to be like the German impression? Because I, for the longest time, I thought Wagner and Wagner were two different people, because they're pronounced differently. I don't know. Oh, okay. That, this, but, that's why I was confused. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he goes back to see Arthur, and Arthur's like, when you cast it into the lake, what did you see? And he's like, I saw nothing but the wind on the water. I couldn't do it. And he's like, oh, fuck, come on, Percival. Go he do it. Goes, oh. And, like, couldn't you just have Arthur drink from the grail again? That should heal him, right? Actually, that's a good fucking point. You have a Ow. magic cup that heals all wounds! Yeah! Yeah. Oh, my God! You know what? As soon as Arthur dies, Percival thinks of that and goes, Oh, shit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, no! Just means magic life for me! <laughs> so Percival oh, no! rides back to the lake, throws the swords in the water, which the lady in the lake catches and pulls underneath. Percival rides back, but it's he can't catch. find Arthur. She didn't, she didn't have any of her head above the water. Yeah. She used Percival to play rides gold globetrotters. Yeah, Percival rides back, can't find Arthur. He's on a boat, all dead and stuff, being taken out to sea. I guess movie yeah. over. <laughs> the the end. The end. The living end? Question mark. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, I got it was it moved fast enough that I was never bored. Stuff yeah, happened. I'll give it yeah. that. But the lack of context and the fact that the characters aren't doing anything—they're just—I mean, they do stuff, but yeah, there's no. This, there's no 
bones whole it's all it's hard to articulate exactly what i'm saying but I mean, we already talked about this before but yeah, yeah it's it's the cogs are moving without reason just because they have to move because that's what the story is so but yeah if you're not if unless unless you've got the the fucking storybook open kind of keeping track it is like I guess that's a thing that would have happened. That's okay. Well, that character just did that. I guess that's because that's what happens in the legend. Doesn't make any sense. If you're making a film, some context is nice. Give some, yeah. But yeah, it was fine. I guess for two and a half hours, they do cover a lot of fucking story. You know? Yeah, but they could have cut out a lot of the whole rapey thing in the beginning. Yeah, that kind of sets a. Yeah, and the movie never kind of quite gets away from that dirty boy kind of grimy ass sweaty balls. Yeah, kind of tone too. Where yeah, when you start, hmm, yeah, hmm. and the fact that it happens again, where someone else tricks someone else to having sex with them, having a baby, and just what? What is your favorite Arthur story version? Whatever. Uh, you Arthur two on the rocks. Oh, <laughs> I love the bitch. theme. I hate you so much. <laughs> Oh, you know what? It's got charms that even the remake didn't have. Mm, yeah. Um, I like my favorite Arthur story is the one where Jehovah begins with an eye. Mm. Kachunk, kachunk. The penitent. No, wait, no. That's the dependent. That's the one with the rocks and the floor. It's uh-huh. the penitent man must pass, and that's when they duck and they kiss and the leaf from the lion's head. Yeah. Like I, I knew the broad strokes. Like, like well, in middle school, we didn't like learn super detailed stuff. But like, I really only know as much Arthurian stuff as in this in this movie. I mean, I know some more of the in depth details about some of the sources they drew from. But it's not like, yeah, it's not like my favorite thing is like, oh man, my favorite Arthur story is the one where Arthur and Guinevere they invent have, the Transformers, which I guess you... actually is a part of the new Transformer. I was just making a joke, but I guess that is actually. A oh thing. no, have but, you um, ever? seen or read the comic Camelot 3000? No. I don't know why, but what I was like, it came out in 1982. Yeah. And it's it's from DC Comics, and I used to find it at the library when I was young, and I'd read any graphic novel novel at the library because, you know, you're dumb, you just see graphic novel, you're like, it's gotta be good, it's a comic! comic It's gonna be good times, yeah. It's fucking weird. So is it I don't remember much version? about it, but it's it's like a sci-fi thing. And oh I think, wow, you're not kidding! I think Arthur comes back from the dead and brings back knights. It's weird. It was it was one of their first like <laughs> mature titles. Yeah, Arthur's got a very or, uh, Merlin's got a very silly pointy hat in the in the mm-hmm. cover that I'm looking at for number one. The time has come, Camelot three thousand. Of course, it's Camelot with like old timey Dragon Quest font, and the three thousand is like 1982 computer font. Yeah. And, oh, like, one great. of the knights gets changed into, like, reincarnated as a lady, and there's issues with that, like, oh, struggling with their sexuality and stuff. Oh, I guess you do need an excuse as to why you have women running around, yeah. Aside it's... from the fact that half the human race is made of women, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, it King w- Arthur looks like fucking dopey-ass He-Man. He's got, like, yeah. fish-scale armor on. It was oh, wow. it was weird. I need to go back and reread it because I don't remember anything about it aside from being like, "What the fuck is going on?" You know, I, I think by uh, by default, this is already my favorite version of the Arthurian legends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to even think in like re- other interpretations and other media and stuff. I don't know. I, I like the Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone this... is fucking great. Yeah, I need to see that. Actually, maybe as we journey into our second hundredth batch of projects we have to cover for the podcast, that'll definitely be one of them. 
Because mm. now uh, my interest... Actually, that may be... After we get past episode 100 that's coming up in two weeks, uh, that might be one of the first things I tackle, just because we'll still have this on the brain, presumably. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other trivia about this movie. Who cares? Uh, da, 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 <laughs> Like I mentioned this before, but I did think it was a pretty clever distillation of various Arthur myths, especially making Arthur the wounded Fisher King, who needs yeah. the grill because he fucked up Guinevere and Lancelot, and somehow making sense of Excalibur both being a gift from the Lady in the Lake and the Sword in the Stone, uh, because a lot of times uh, the Sword in the Stone and Excalibur were not the same thing. Uh, Excalibur was a magic sword, but the Sword in the Stone was just uh, this a sword just to prove the, line the lineage of Arthur, but it wasn't necessarily... This it, it, it makes sense why you would combine the two because they are kind of redundant. But yeah, the the sword in the stone just uh, sword in the stone would just say, "Hey, you're 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 the next king." But the Excalibur was like a whole different storyline. Um, yeah, this movie started off as a failed production of Lord of the Rings. Weirdly enough, yeah. um, the filmmaker John Borman he couldn't get secure the rights to the Lord of the Rings, so he kind of hastily just kind of turned it into. He's like, well, what if we just did King Arthur instead? We could use the same sets and props. Hmm. Um, but although I guess he's he, like the whole Merlin forging the Ring of Fellowship talk when they're on top of the mountaintop and talking about how I will build a round table. I guess that's supposed to be a nod to the idea that this was originally supposed to be a Lord of the Rings project. Um, the director cast Merlin and Helen Mirren together because they hated each other as a result of working together on a production of Macbeth seven years earlier. Um, so I guess that did, did make them seem like they hated each other throughout the film. Uh, the guy who designed the armor in the film went on to design the outfits and armor for the Colonial Marines and Alien. Uh, the guy who designed that armor is actually, uh, he's the blacksmith who's, um, forging swords at the Ren Fair at the beginning of the film when Arthur is looking for, <laughs> trying to find another sword to give to his, uh, knights. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a moment where he passes the blacksmith, and he, he's he's thinking about stealing one of the swords off the blacksmith's uh, uh, shelf of swords, and the, <laughs> the blacksmith gives him a dirty look, and that's when uh, Arthur goes, oh, I better find another place, and that's when he looks up, and he's like, oh, I'll just steal Excalibur. Um, and also the costume designer with, uh, for this film went on to design the bat suit for Tim Burton's Batman movie, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. Um, and last note, the kid who played Mordred, the little kid <laughs> version of Mordred, who was the director's son, Eventually wound up becoming Ewan, Ewan McGregor's best friend in real life, which is funny because McGregor then would go on to become Gawain's Padawan 20 years after this film was made. So mm. there's a little bit of... Well, it's funny because this movie both had a Jedi Knight and a Starfleet Captain in it, too. I didn't even think about that part. But that well, is... Shit. John Borman's Exalicabur. Excalibur. Excalibur. But yeah, so I'm glad you didn't hate it, especially for as how long it was. This is just yeah. more just me just Yeah, this is just a, a a lark on my part, so I'm glad that eh, it was okay. It's Not fine the worst film in the world. Yeah. Next time somebody is is all like, Oh hey, speaking of fantasy films that uh, you should watch it to get inspired for next D and D campaign, you should watch Excalibur. I can be like, Well fucker, I did see it. I only had to see it once, the end. I done seen that. There's shitty green lighting all over the place for no reason. Mm. I saw it. It's over. But yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing for your next project? Oh, gotta decide this, huh? <laughs> yeah, you gotta tell everyone what you have to decide between. Uh, I don't, don't want to do that. the two choices are great. Yeah. 
Yeah. But if, uh, that kind of solidifies it, though, because people would be mad if I didn't, if I did one over the other. Oh, really? We don't have to tell people what it is, so we don't get people going mad at you. Hmm. Eh. Let's lie. Yeah. T- t- whatever, whatever you want to tell people now, I'm not going to spill the beans about what the other choice is if you don't make the the quote unquote correct choice. Yeah, I'll go with it. Well, I was, I was. <laughs> we'll do Robocop. Really? Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah. What is? Do you think I've been putting it be off just did... because I I'm so afraid think... of not liking it? Yeah. Do you want to tell people what your other choice was, though? Nah. <laughs> really? Because nah. okay, so RoboCop is the choice that Daniel. It was definitely it was like the kids mo- the do. most kids movie you can get. Really, even more kids movie than even I would have anticipated. Yeah. We should still do it someday, though. Yeah, we'll do it someday. It's on my list. Yeah, it's on the list. It's not going. Yeah, actually, oh, you should actually write that down because it's not on my version of your list, and I would love to talk about that other choice. Yeah, it's on my list. But we're going to watch... It's the original RoboCop, right? Not the... Oh, I guess. Jeez. Okay, we're going to watch <laughs> 1987's Paul Verhoeven's goofy dipshit science fiction classic, The Running Man. Oh, I wish we could watch The Running Man, but we've both Have seen it. Have you seen The Running Man? Yeah. If you like The Running Man, you should like RoboCop. Yeah. Because they practically take place in the same universe. Like, very stupid. Well, see, like I said, I don't want to oversell it because RoboCop, I like it. But I'm not gonna get all up your ass about it. Yeah, yeah. So that'll That's be the next easiest time. Way to kill something for you. This time it was Excalibur. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Not the best, not the worst, but nah. it was to- for two and a half hours, it was surprisingly tolerable. Especially yeah. from the guy who made Zardoz. That's the miracle thing about this: the fact that it was made by the guy who made Zardoz, and this is this actually at least functioned as a film. Yeah, because uh, Zardoz doesn't even do that. That's like a bad fever dream. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So okay. Well, I got nothing else. You got anything else, Bill? I got nothing else. I've been. You got nothing else. The tail of Arthur go... has drained my balls. I gotta go pee like a racehorse. Okay, I can tell you're kind of like me. I'm brum, brum, brum. Okay, nah, we'll get you so, out of here so you can pee. so you can pee. He mudgered on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. TardyPodcast.com. Hundredth episode coming up. Nobody thought we'd make it this far. No All one did. two of our listeners were like, no way they'll make it. We proved him right or wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. I need to pee. I think the pee's backing up and on my brain. But yeah, this is episode oh, no. 98. Next week is 99, Robocop 100. We still have no idea what we're doing for episode 100. We sure really don't. don't. We probably still won't have any more idea when we record Robocop next week either. But It's true. We're, we're up for ideas. Just two hours of fart noises. Do you think we should give away a house and have a, ho- a host a house party at that house? Yes. We could take inspiration from MTV contests from late 90s. I'm going to make potato salad. It'll be great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Mm, potato salad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we got to go into the mists of Avalon. The, the mists of history are shrouding us again as the veil of time and Merlin does stuff and we become forgotten things. And the king of history, future will come, um, something, once in future king things, something, the end. Man, this, this is not quite as lyrical as I thought it was going to be of an ending. Such a goddamn poet. Yeah, <laughs> they should have sent a bill. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time, keep following those holes of pop culture. Take care, guys. <laughs> <laughs>